you've been in this YouTube game and this self-discovery game for how long? It's been like a year since you actually went out and tried to discover who you are, right? It's been a little over a year, somewhere around there, year, year and a half. Year, year and a half, and you've come such a long way, man. I, the fact that you've done so much, and you were able, and I was able to connect through Easton, by the way, Easton. Thank Shout you so much. Shout, Shout out, out Easton. Easton. We have to do that right away. I think it's incredible that we actually connected. Um, so what I want you to do is, I want you to explain to me and to everyone what you're currently doing, because I know you have all that you're doing with the NFTs, all what you're doing with your podcast, with um you know, the way you talk about things, how you talk about things, travel, what you're interested in. I want you to explain what your brand is right now. Oh, man. That's a heavy, loaded question right there. That's a big one. That's a good one. Okay, so a year ago, or a year and a half ago, this is June 2020. I think I launched my YouTube again where I went like, okay, I'm doing YouTube. I'm going to make this work. And so that was, you know, Self-care videos, fucking fitness, anything I could think of. I just made videos about it. Started with the iPhone. Started with a fucking $20 speaker or a microphone thing that I, like, linked up to my phone. iMovie. I did all the things from the beginning. But I've been making videos since, like, 2010 on Windows Movie Maker. And then, yeah, I just made videos for a super long time. Kind of just figured out YouTube, figured out how it kind of works, figured out thumbnails, figured out clickbait, figured out all the things. And then a year, like, fast forward a, a full year, basically, I was, uh... This was April of 2021. I said, fuck everything. I'm quitting my job. I'm leaving everything. My whole YouTube channel, I have everything documented. I said, fuck the job. Left home. Transformed my car into a mobile home. Started traveling. Wanted to be a travel photographer. That was the goal. Accomplished it and said, damn. I guess that's actually not what I wanted to do. That's incredible though, that you did that at all. It was. It didn't. Well, it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like the travel photography thing that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. That was kind of heartbreaking. Not going to lie. Really? A little bit. Really. I think it's interesting how you say that you you were so ready to change, and you did change. And from everyone's perspective, holy shit, Cade's doing some serious you know, stuff, and you were like, this isn't it. That's cool how you knew yourself well enough to figure that out. I love it. I love doing it, but I knew this wasn't the thing. I knew, it wasn't the thing I was chasing, and I was like, damn. But at the end of that trip, I had this like whole come-to-Jesus moment thing on, on a mountain, and I've talked about it on a few other podcasts, but essentially what happened is I had a symbolic end of my journey where I, I hit Washington State. I went from Charleston, South Carolina, bottom southeast to north Pacific West, Pacific Northwest, Washington State. I had this amazing, like, night on the mountain where I just, like, had to just sob on top of a mountain, just so overwhelmed by everything. It was like, holy shit, I just finished this trip. I just did it. Yeah. And, like, I'm so satisfied and so grateful, and it was amazing. I had this amazing, overwhelming feeling of just being grateful, being so appreciative of everything, and... It was life-changing. It was like it was as if I, I've explained this before. It was as if I read the book of life all the way through to the end, just like the important things, and then shot back to chapter 16 and said, okay, start now. Now that you know everything is going to be fine, when you mm. get to the end of the road, you're going to look back and go, okay, so everything was kind of worth it because now I'm here, and that's just how it is. And so after all that happened, I, I made one NFT video because that's after that point, I was like six, seven, eight months into NFTs or something and crypto and all that, and I was like, you know what? No one's making good NFT content. It's all shit. It's all shills, promotions. Fuck that. I'm going to start making good content. So I started making it like a week in. I had one video take off, and I said, okay, I'm rolling with that. And I just rolled with that. NFT bro reviews were born, and then that's pretty much it. So now Joyage is all about transparency, going after your dreams. So I want you to slow down real quick. So Joyage, that's your podcast, right? That's my everything now. That's your everything. That's your brand. It didn't start like that, though. How did it start? It started with a website name. I needed a website for my photography. 
for my oh. for my portrait photography okay. when I was starting a portrait and I was like joy is real work I was like I don't like voyage but I like joy and, and I was like ah joy is real work but I was kind of embarrassed because I thought it was stupid was that before or after it. the tattoo this was way before no this so this it was a, a full year of me using joy age but not not like actually caring about the name it took a full year before okay. I said you know what joy age actually looks kind of cool and I like it and people fuck with it and so it started to become my brand and I was like okay so joy age is about going after your dreams and just like making it happen and instilling confidence in others or like instilling transparency, honesty about things. So people are more inclined to do things. And so that's what joy is all about. is just having those conversations that are tough, breaking down those barriers for people, helping them at least and getting them to fucking chase their dreams. And then I, would you say that's kind of what you did when you left your house? The second I pulled out of my driveway, it was over, but I literally shed that entire skin. It just fell off on the edge of the driveway mm-hmm. and I just became a different person. And not, not a lot of people could like do that. Not only just because they're not made for that kind of life, but also financially they can't do that. You know, that's not where their life is at. But would you, would you recommend everyone try something Fuck like that? Yeah. Fuck a hundred percent. It doesn't no. have to be what I did, but uh, a thing, a leap of faith is what I call it. Any leap of faith where you do something for yourself. If you think about in the last year, how many times you've genuinely done a full thing, a real thing for yourself, not because you were scared or you got forced into it or you had to do it, because you were like, yo. I'm going to take a chance here and I'm going to roll the dice on myself and believe in myself for a second here and just see what the fuck happens. Because chances are for a lot of people, I know this isn't everybody because I came from a privileged place. I have, you know, married parents. Like it was always like there's food on the table and all that stuff. So with all that considered, if that's you, if you're in a situation where you're in a middle tier, whatever, for the most part, if you think about it, if everything goes wrong, you just move back fucking home for a few months and you're fine. So it's really not as scary as you think in your head. Everything's built up in your head, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, I don't like the word privilege because I feel like it carries a lot of weight that no one actually means to use. Um, I like using the word blessings um, because I feel like there's more gratitude in that. Privilege, I, the reason why I don't like privilege is because a privilege is still something you earned. So when someone says you have privilege, that would imply that I earned this yes right so if someone's angry at you for privilege that's you kind of can't really get angry at someone for privilege because they work to get it so r- rather it's you were lucky or had blessings i i have those a lot of people have those um so you were very blessed yeah you had parents to go home to you had uh, people that were supporting you i think that's awesome and you know not everybody has that but i think trying to escape where you are to find yourself it, it, it's a good thing and I, and I know not a lot of people can do it but um, I do see the benefit in it, and you know, like I, we all try to do it every day. I'm still trying to figure out how to fucking do that. But um, it it's definitely, symbolic. yeah, no, it's symbolic. It, you're, you're, it's very Kafka esque. You yes. ever read that? Yeah. So you're completely changing, and I, and I and I and I see it in you. And I've only known you for what six months now. Yeah. And yeah, you completely changed. And on your joy age, on your journey, right, of discovering yourself, you found NFTs somehow. Dude, I know. I like every story. I remember watching an interview with like. This, I'm not comparing myself to Leonardo DiCaprio, but I remember okay. listening to an interview where they were like, how did you get here? And he literally looked at her and he was like, I have no idea how I'm here. I just did a couple gigs and like stuff happened and I met this dude and now I'm here. Like I have no, it just kind of happened. And that's the same with NFTs. I just kind of made a video one day for whatever reason and just took off and I was like, okay, this will work. You know, I'm going to roll with this. Yeah, that's a common thing for people um, in success. They, and it kind of annoys me. Like they don't really know how they... uh got there and it's a lot of it's it's a lot of things that you say things that um one of my uh, recent guests sydney said it's things that easton say it's uh, everyone says that they they just kept doing what they wanted to do and they succeeded 
And that seems really simple. And I and I don't know if I agree with it, but it might be what they did. But I don't think that's a direct line to success because you have to put in real work. Yeah. What were you saying? You were, you were saying, I don't know where I heard you say this, but you might have been talking to me. Uh, well, you did like 10 hours a day doing uh, DoorDash. Yeah. And you did like six plus hours, you know, doing YouTube yeah. and stuff. It's a lot of work. And I was talking to Sydney. And we were talking about how you got to do, you have to sprint sometimes. You have to sprint and then you can get some kind of success. I think the problem comes in is when people keep sprinting, they keep moving forward, keep grinding and grinding and grinding, and they don't see that little bit of success. That hurts. That's annoying. And I feel like, especially in the NFT world, and you'll talk about, oh, they're beginners. Oh, they're just starting out. It's hard to know how much is the correct amount of hard work. Um, and you won't know until you start succeeding, yeah. right? So y- how much work have you put into this NFT stuff before you really started to see some kind of, you know, not profit, but success in a, in a, in a sense? So this one's interesting because since I've been making videos since 2010, I've fought the, the why can't I not get views? This is good content. Why aren't these picking up? Why am I not getting subscribers? Yeah. What the fuck? Why is the algorithm not choosing me? And so for 10 years, from 2010 until like high school, I was making youth soccer videos, hoping any of them would take off. One video out of 50 would get, like, over a few hundred views or a couple thousand views, maybe. But it never, like, took off. I didn't understand it. But it took three separate cycles of me saying, I'm doing YouTube, and then failing and, and learning. But it took all those learning and experiences to get to the point where I finally, it, it all lined up, like, the stars aligned, where I found NFTs at the right moments with the right niche before anyone else got in. And it coupled with my fucking self-confidence that I gained from that trip just right lined up at the same time and it lined up with all the experience I picked up from a year of really putting in YouTube work and so a combination of all that led to just a moment where I made one YouTube video where I had a good thumbnail good title good clickbait but it wasn't clickbait and people saw the video and said do more do another one of these and so I did one and it just took and I was like now I can use all the experience all the information I've been trying to apply with no audience and now that I have an audience I was like well, this is fucking easy now. Like, yeah. I know what to do, you know? Yeah. The audience definitely helped. Like, having a community actually makes you feel like you want to continue doing it. Without yes. that feedback, without that community, it's a lot harder to do something. It sucks. Um, it sucks dick. No, so, I I know everyone, like, we've got a lot to talk about, but I, but I want to get this out of the way. Uh, I, I, I want to get down to really what's going on with this, with this NFT shit, because it's, it's all your life's been about, and I want to get out of the way, and I want to talk to you, I want to pick your brain about it. Um, and I know a lot of people in your shoes are tired of hearing this question, and I know what they are, but for people that don't know, you got to explain NFTs. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do, do a deep dive here. Let's explain. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. There's a few people in the, spa- in the traditional finance space, like Kevin O'Leary, like I guess Gary Vee is technically that, but there's some people in the space that are not typically like crypto enthusiasts who people basically look at as like crazy people because they're like, when moon, everyone, like everyone looks at crypto and just associates it with Bitcoin and and mooning and, and sh- fucking Shiba Inu and everyone thinks that's what crypto is. And crypto and NFTs it is merely just investing in the idea of the future being more digital than it is today. And that's all NFTs are. NFTs are a digital version of what we already have. It's so one way Kevin O'Leary explained, which is fucking unbelievable. He said he's big into watches, big antique, expensive vintage watches. The problem is when you go to a store or you go to a, a dealer or a fucking whatever, whoever sells those things, you can't actually know if it's real it might be fake you know you've, you've no idea and so on the blockchain you can't really fabricate that because you can always trace it back to the original owner to the original place of birth 
And so if you have a fake one, you screenshotted it, for example. A lot of people say, I can just screenshot it. But you can, t- you can trace back the original piece. If it doesn't go back to the original collection or the original owner, it has no value. You can't actually sell that screenshot. Um, so it has no value. So when people say screenshots, like, yes, of course you could have the picture. But for most people, until you play the game, until you buy the NFT, you will not understand what it means to own one. Because it's based, it's the same as you playing Call of Duty or any video game. If you play Pokemon, or not Pokemon, if you play Call of Duty, fucking Fortnite, any game where you buy anything in the game, buying anything in the game is an NFT. Now, you can't explain that to Grandpa who doesn't play Call of Duty because he doesn't play Call of Duty. Why would you buy a gun? That's stupid. Just just buy the standard gun. It's like, no, 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 but I want the better gun. It helps me in the game. And so, so gamers really understand it, and the gaming industry is fucking massive with stupid amounts of money. The, the advertisers, the streamers, everything's in digital. Bitcoin's going up. Crypto's going up. Inflation is just fucking... The whole, the whole system is basically gearing toward, hey... Let's move in this digital direction. And so for me, I invest in the big idea of NFTs rather than the pictures that everyone's are seeing. What about this picture? Is this picture going to blow up? I don't care. That's not what I'm doing. When I, when I invest, invest, in quotes, investing money, I'm gambling. I'm throwing money at a casino in hopes that I can learn and play the arena to a point where in 5, 10 years, I understand this shit and I have a presence or a social media. I don't even know what it looks like in the future, but I want to be in that world. And so people who are new... When you look at NFTs, think about broad macro. NFTs, you know, movies like Avatar, like uh, what's that? Um, Ready, Ready Player one. one. Ready Player One. Movies like that. If you can watch something like that and really get an idea. You're welcome, of what by the way. Is. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you, that's the only thing you use to explain to people now. It's a perfect example. It's an amazing example. But I guess I understand the benefits. If you're in the correct environment, there are benefits to NFTs. Um, if you want to do certain things, there are benefits to NFTs. But... For the average person, what's the hype? Why do it? There's no reason. There's no reason, no, right? No, no, it's it's purely speculation. It's for people who want this. If they're people, if for main mainly, it's for people who don't want to invest in stock market because they don't want to wait forty years. Which I understand, and you can play that game. But NFTs aren't that game. If you go into NFTs with that mindset, you're gonna get burned one thousand percent. You would get burned. I got burned the first seven to eight months of my NFT journey. Lost pretty much everything. It's a it's a difficult game to play if you're not if you're not lucky. I guess the, the I don't want to use the word problem, but I'm going to because it's the only way I know to explain myself right now. I guess the, one of the problems I have with uh, NFTs is that so if you go to the stock market and, and you invest in something, those companies have like actual like value, like that company's producing something, it's doing something, providing a service or a product, and there's so much research that goes into what companies you invest in uh, how many whales are in there or you know how many people are, are new in there or there, how many people ha- get dividends from there or like there's there's a whole bunch of shit to take into consideration and there's an actual value that comes out of that company somewhere in the world yes i know certain cryptocurrencies actually hold real value like bitcoin actually has to take it, when it's mined it takes real world resources to mine I get that. It actually has real value, and it's also valuable because it, it fights against inflation. Like, I get it. And it's also valuable because people want it. Mainly that. I, I Mainly think that's that. the most dangerous part about it, yes. though. But with NFTs, they are like, it's, it's hard for me to want, and, I, and I, it might just not be the world for me, but it's, it's hard for me to want to invest in something that doesn't have an actual real-world value other than, hey, this is fun. Yep. So... When you talk about, and, and, and this is what scares me, and feel free to interrupt me whenever you want because you've talked about, okay, well, Mark, so like the reason why this might be a big thing 
is because it's like the verification uh, check mark on Twitter. It's going to be the um, metaverse stuff, the Ready Player One. Like, like you're going to be popular. It's, it's social credit score. That's not something I would want to support. If, if anything, I'd actually want to fight against that. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I understand where you're coming from. Does it scare you a little bit that that's where we can I think, go? I think you're thinking about it ex- from a separate point of view than it actually is. I think you're separating it because in this world right now, in this current moment, it is separate. But I'm okay. looking at it in a future setting. So in a future setting, it'll be the same as you driving a car you like because you like the way you're in the car or like okay. you like the color of your car. You like your studio. You set it up the way you want. You want people to like it. You want people to look, to go, to look good on camera. Same shit with NFTs. The only difference mm. in NFT land in a few years is maybe we have augmented fucking contact lenses or something, and so they can actually see some of your NFT art displayed in the house. They can see some of the things you're a part of. And also, a huge thing that people don't talk about is the community aspect in the sense that it, you're, it's basically a business fraternity. Because I've been, I've been connected with multiple people really big in this space from a random Discord interaction through just basically fraternity groups. The problem is... When you said earlier with with uh, you know Bitcoin having it's it's speculation it's it's value I guess but NFT companies right now is a full gamble pure yes. speculation yeah. the problem the main problem is ninety five percent of the projects aren't run by business people they're run by fucking idiots who are running a project <laughs> and that's the problem they're all gonna go downhill uh-huh. and only a handful like when I say a handful I really mean five to twenty you know five to twenty projects out of like fifty thousand however many are out there are mm-hmm. only going to make it out of the bear market, and that's because of the people on their team. Like, when I bought Bungie Project, it was after I interviewed the CEO of Bungie. He's been building businesses for 10, 15 years. He's got a full track record. You can find him on LinkedIn. He's a legit dude with actual companies, business. He's going to make it more than likely because he knows how to deal with shit. If you get some fucking... I don't want... I'm not Actually, I'm not going to shit on anyone specifically, but there's people out there who have NFT projects right now. Maybe they're influencers who have no clue how to do anything. Right, and that's why I'm not launching any NFT stuff right now. Like my stuff is very low key; it's photography stuff. It's mainly access, mm-hmm. and it's it's basically around my brand. But if I was to ever do an NFT project, like a collectible 10k thing, like everyone's doing, I would not feel comfortable. I would have to hire a legitimate person who knows how to do business and shit, and hire a full team. And people aren't doing that; they're just hiring their three friends in a fucking basement, and they're making up shit, and then they're taking everyone's money, and they're getting screwed. And that's a huge portion because we're in the gold mining; we're in the gold rush time. Yeah. You know? Well, you know that story about how, uh, speaking of the gold rush, is everyone wanted to go to California. They wanted to be part of that the gold rush. They wanted to find gold, but the only people that got rich were the people that sold the shovels. Exactly. Yeah. So, I was thinking about this last night. If we're going spec- speculative, right? If we're going into a world where it's about you know digital currencies, it's about um, instead of showing off your Ferrari in your g- garage, you're showing off maybe. Um, you know, a, a Halo ghost in yeah. your video game that whatever you could virtually yeah. play, whatever. Wouldn't the, wouldn't a good idea be to get into coding? If you like coding, for me, I, I had the exact same thought before I did YouTube and said, you know, I want to be in this NFT space, but this shit is hard. I don't know if I can just do this forever. I'm on NFT Twitter, Discord, and, and Nansen yeah. just like circulating the, and I'm just losing. I'm losing, losing, losing. This is hard. And I like, and I like being here, but like, what am I really doing? You know, and that's when I was like, you know what? I want to make content about NFTs. This is going to be big. If I can be the guy delivering the content, the information, the interviews, the things people need to hear, I can be in the NFT space and not rely on making flips like everybody else. I can get my income from a separate place, you know, and that's what I've done. That's what I'm doing. Because I would consider 
the coders, the people that are selling the shovels. Yes. Right now, you're doing neither digging for gold or selling shovels. I think you're somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, but then I also like how you are open about how most NFTs are going to be trash. Mm-hmm. And I like the whole, there's going to be a handful of things because that makes sense. And I think I was talking to Sydney when you, when she said that the way you explained it was right now in NFT world is, is like the 2007 of YouTube. It's like you get in now. Oh yeah. You're going to start now. It's going to be a lot better than you tried to do it 10 yes. years later. And I think the reason why NFTs just went in one year out the other is because I have or had and kind of still kind of currently have no interest in NFTs because, like I said before, it's it's something I'm afraid to support. And it's also something that takes a lot of time to do. A lot of time. And what I like about, like Sydney, and what I like about you, as far as I know, because I, I, I haven't, I actually don't know. I, I feel like I know more about Sydney and NFTs than I do about you and NFTs, surprisingly. Where she's into the art. Yeah. She wants the art. And I can respect that. But then I think about how many people do you have in your Discord? 700. All right, 700 people. So many of those people are in there in it for the money, which is fine. Almost all of them. 99%. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I think, I feel like people like that. Are gonna, are the reason why the NFT world is gonna change in a bad way? That's exactly why my YouTube channel was born because I'm trying to get those six six hundred seven hundred people in the Discord to become like me, where we don't think about, hey, can this flip tomorrow for five fifteen percent? Can I get a seventy five percent return yeah. on this tomorrow? And I want them to think, hey, is this a project where like I could see this being the next Mario Kart, the next Nintendo? Like that's where I'm thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking five, ten years in the future. I'm looking at these things. Even when I buy a project that I think might do well in the future, I have no intent on being like, oh my God, it's up 0.6. That's a 3X. Let me sell it. Like, I, that's just not a thought in my head anymore. I did that for eight months and I fucking lost almost all of them. You know, it's hard to do that. And I just, that's not interesting to me. And I know that's not the future. And if you want to set yourself up, likely 99% of people will not be able to do it that way. They have to do it another way. And that's where people like Benjamin Cohen on YouTube, who's a market analyst for Bitcoin and crypto, the way he does his market analysis and the community he's fostering his co- in his comments section, actually, everyone's fucking smart. Everyone's like, oh, man, I can't mm-hmm. wait for this for this dip. I'm going to pick up 20% here and I'm going to sell it. And I'm just like, that's the exact thing I want to foster. And so I looked at his content. And I said, what is he doing? He's doing analysis videos. He's doing updates. He's doing reviews. And I was like, all right, well, there's no one doing this in NFT land. So, so I'm going to draw from a few places. So in the past, um, you've been very confident in saying, very open, publicly saying that you expect or at least want to try very, very hard to be financially free in X amount of years. Yes. And by the time you're in your 30s, whatever. If, if, which is everybody, everyone wants to do that. Okay, so you want to be financially free. You want to have a, a lot of money to do what you want and not feel worried. Great, get it. But you're also in NFTs... Um, and it makes money, but you'd say at least over 50% of you likes the art about it. However, it makes a lot of money. Okay, so we'll let that one slide, right? But then you're on YouTube, and you have the potential. I'm not saying you do, but you have the potential to make a lot of money on YouTube. Wouldn't you say you hold a lot of power because you are explaining to people what NFTs are and what NFTs look good, what what doesn't look good? People in your shoes, and I have nothing against people like you. Because it, everything's a job. You got to make money somewhere. I think everyone should get paid for what they do and they should get paid well. Mm-hmm. Okay? If it's something that people want to purchase or be involved yeah. with. 
But I think the problem is with, you know, the whole thing with the GameStop and the hedge funds and stuff. Like, hedge funds will go on, like, CNN and Fox and be like, oh, people just uh, uh, sell this stock because it's going to crash. And then everyone will sell and they'll buy it all. Yep. When I see people like you on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok and they, and they talk about NFTs, I'm inclined immediately to not trust them. Agreed. What makes you different? I don't do promotions. Okay. I just, I've said no. I've said no to so many promotions. It's just even though they offer money, it's just that's not. I mean, how I said earlier with Benjamin Cohen, I want Benjamin Cohen's audience. I want Tom Billu's mm-hmm. audience. I want. Well, I don't really want Gary Vee's audience. They, it's like a bunch of moon boys in there. Maybe, okay. But I love I love their communities in the sense that they are supporting him, and I like the character that I see in Tom and Ben. I see myself in them. I don't see a piece of shit like I see in all these other influencers. And because for me, there's a huge conflict of interest if you're an NFT YouTuber and 90% of your portfolio is in NFTs. Huge. Something that I need to, I mean, I've said this many times, but I need to say it's like in every video. I hold maybe, well, once this, once we get out of this whole market and we're kind of like chilling, um, NFTs are going to be like 25% of my portfolio at most. I don't really care to. Really? Be in the NFT world like that. I like the content. And I like being in the space. But I like for me, I want to hold a army of NFT custom avatars that have no value other than I like them. So I want like Lazy Lions to make me a Lazy Lions NFT with my glasses and my fucking whatever. And like that's what I want. And maybe I'll hold one NFT from each project that I'm a big fan of just so I can be part of the community. But I'm not going to hold 14 Doge Pound NFTs so I can flip them when they do well. Like that's just not where my head's at. Like, I would rather just invest in crypto because there's a way more of a bigger track record, okay, you know, or so stocks. How often, if at all, do you talk about, on your YouTube channel, do you talk about uh, NFTs that you personally own? How often? Almost never. Because that's the conflict of interest. Yeah. Because like I said before, crypto, but more so NFTs, are only valuable because people want them. Yes. You hold, even though you only have a little over, what, 1K, or how many subscribers do you have? Uh, I think I'm coming up on 2,000. All right, so you have 2,000 subscribers. You have this many followers here, there, or whatever. Even if you're you, Cade, and people like you are the reason why NFTs have value mm-hmm. because yes, you yes. are talking about it, you want them, and people are getting into it. And that whether or not you actually hold any of them, you have power. Now, yes. because you don't hold any of the NFTs, I can respect that. But once you hold an NFT you talk about, on a page that's about investing money, yes, it's hard to respect that. Now, if you talk about your personal page to your friends and you're not trying to... Get, yeah, mm-hmm. you should talk about the things you enjoy, absolutely. But on a page dedicated to making money off of NFTs, I would consider that a huge conflict of, of interest. And um, I mean, you should never do anything because I do or do not think it's cool or whatever. Like, fuck me. But it's it's hard to respect people like that. And, and I've seen YouTubers like that and... Man, there's 14-year-olds trading JPEGs yeah. on the internet for millions of dollars. That's Crazy. dangerous. Very. Very dangerous. Well, that's, and that's the thing. That's, that's not even 1%. That's 0.1% of 14-year-olds. Yeah. You know, everyone thinks it's all the 14-year-olds. No, yeah, yeah. But that's... that's that the, was hyperbole. Yeah, but that's the main reason I started my YouTube channel is because exactly what you said. It's a bunch of pieces of shit online who are... They got... One, like, I, here, I'm going to give you, like, a real example here that I saw on Twitter. Ex-YouTuber influencer got 1,000 mints for free. To boost a project, sold nine hundred of them on mint day. That's the kind of shit that's that's sketchy. That's not sketchy. That's fucked up. That's probably illegal. You know. And that's why the government's getting involved and, now. Yeah, and they're gonna get involved, and they're probably all gonna go to jail. So that's why I was like, didn't you say that? Yeah, they're gonna go to yeah, jail. Yeah, you I said mean, that look, one of your videos. Yeah, right? I mean, everything's tracked. You're gonna be able to track everything back, and like, 
I'm pretty sure that's illegal. So I don't know. But either way, that's <laughs> fucked up. And so for me, I want an audience that is like Benjamin Cohen. I want people to fuck with me. I can't get people to fuck with me if I'm screwing them over. That does, that's not impossible. Absolutely that's not. completely impossible. So for me, the only NFTs that I hold that I talk about are projects that when I talk about them, I mention it in the beginning, the middle, and the end. If there's a paid promotion, I mention it in the beginning, the middle, and the end. I have screenshots. I'm very transparent and open about everything. The NFTs I do hold, when I say I hold them, every single time, I've said this recently, not, not so much in the beginning because I didn't know it mattered, but now that I have some like audience and stuff, it does matter. Every time I mention an NFT that I hold, I always say, I invest in NFTs like I buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon cards. I like it because it's shiny, because it's cool. And that's it. That's literally, I want to be part of this team because it's cool and I like what they're doing. That's it. I don't buy 14 of them so I can flip. I buy one because I want to be part of them. But I make sure that's very clear and I say don't buy what I buy because I'm not buying to flip just like you are. You're, you're buying to flip. All of you, almost all of you are buying to flip if you're watching my videos. I understand that and that's cool. But every time I talk about a project that I own, and I don't very often, most of the time I say, look, it, what I buy this doesn't matter because I don't buy to flip. I just say it's an interesting project, this, that, and the other and whatever. And that's just how I've done it, and I try and stay as like out of it as I possibly can because it's a huge conflict of interest. It sucks you in, too, because here I am saying, I don't want NFTs. I want nothing to do with it. It's more stress, yep. um, but I know there's a chance. I don't think I would end up getting sucked in, but I can't tell the future. It, it sucks you in because y the community is what sucks you in. No one outside of the community sucks you in, obviously, because they, they don't give a shit. You go in and try to make money, and then you see around, you're like, holy shit, I want a piece of this. Because it's innate in humans to want to do better than other humans. You want better things. You want more money. You want more power. It So it sucks you in like any other hobby, like any other uh, uh, career or passion. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why it's dangerous, because it's a hobby that can make you a lot of money. It can probably though. won't, but it, it can. can. It probably and won't, but probably it can. won't is why it's dangerous. Now, yeah. listen, bro. If you fucking, you know, if you're broke, like obviously if it's you, I'm gonna give a shit because you're my friend. But <laughs> if it's anyone else, bro, you fucking idiot. Why would you? Like, what do you expect? So you know, I guess shame on them. But and that's why the government's gonna get involved. That's why, and that's why the blockchain is so important because actually could, it could track this stuff and make sure you know. Listen, I'm not a big fan of the government, but there's some things that does right, and yeah. I, I think it's got to protect 14-year-olds from all that shit. We can't progress and mature as a space, which is my goal. Yeah. I want, like, at every single of my intros, my goal is to instill the confidence and knowledge for people to do it on their own. That's the goal. I don't, I don't need you to stay because you need my information. I need you to stay. I want you to stay because I want, I want you to like me. Like, that's literally it. Like, I want you yeah. to like my personality, like the stuff I'm putting out. And again, like, I want to mention for anyone watching, my videos are not promotions. Even if they're a paid video, they're not promotions. I go, and I go very fucking clear when I'm talking to NFT projects. I'm like, hey, you're paying for a brutally honest review. I'm not going to tell people to buy your project. In fact, I'm not, I'm, sometimes I don't even link the project. Sometimes I'm just like, here's all the information, mm -hmm. period. And that's literally it. I've done that a couple of times where I'm like, that's literally it. There's no, you should or shouldn't buy this. I'm just like, here's a review, period. That's it. And I think that's what I want to try and do as much as I can. I feel like sometimes maybe I get a little emotional because I'm like, oh, this is so stupid or this is dumb or this shouldn't be. And I do reviews. I do reviews. I try and take myself out of it as much as I can because there's a certain responsibility that comes once you start picking up views and start people start like, especially young people start listening to you and they, they're throwing all their fucking money at it, dude. And I've tried so hard to tell people, I'm like, you need to be using at most 30%. At most. And if, if you're using 30%, that means you're fucking rich. You have money to spend. Yeah. If you're 
spending money you kind of need. You don't need it, but you kind of need it. You're an idiot. You're a literal fucking idiot. <laughs> so stop. Stop using money you can't afford to lose. Like, you need to genuinely say, if this actually got ripped away from me, if someone hacked my wallet, I could live. And if that's your mentality, for me, if my entire MetaMask got wiped, I'd be like, bitch. Yeah. But I'd be like, I'm going to make a video, I guess, you know, like I don't care. And so you have to have that mentality in NFT. It's just too risky. It's a literal casino. It's a literal casino and no one knows how to win. Nobody, all the influencers are guessing, they're paying and they're guessing. Sometimes they get it right and they talk about it, sometimes they get it wrong and they don't talk about it. So I want to, I want to touch on what you just said, but something that, that, like I was talking about fear and what scares me and, and I want you to give me your your honest opinion. I want you to talk about this. When you talk about, you know, the social credit score shit. Oh, yeah. that scares me, man. Why do you think the NFTs are going to be that kind of world or, or, or a part of the world a little bit? What makes you think that? Well, I, I think. And do me a favor. Can I bring this up a little bit? Oh, this yeah, yeah. Closer? Yeah. You can take the foam off, too. Here, watch. I was trying to set this for 28 minutes so we don't go over again. No worries. Right. So this is gonna go. So when we see this start to come well, down, well, we start with thirty three. So I'll, I'll I'll tell you at like forty eight or fifty. So that's the same, like, I feel like we forget. You know. All right, whatever. I ain't forget, bitch. We just forgot. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so let's okay. Okay. So I think when people talk about NFTs and they think about NFTs, right now it's really hard to imagine. If you if you were to imagine, hey, in five years, ten years, twenty years, we'll be living in avatar world kind of li- kind of thing. That's really hard to bridge that gap between here and there. And so when I think about NFTs, I think about it in little stages. I think broad, but I know the stages are going to come very small. You know, it starts with Snapchat filters. It goes to Instagram filters. It goes to augmented reality glasses. It goes to a, a certain extension on Instagram stories or whatever. And people start to get used to it. And it starts to just branch off. But it doesn't become this external entity that takes over. So like when people say NFTs taking over, what I mean by that is everything will just become NFTs. Like like everyone talks about, your tickets will become NFTs. Your dinner reservations become I NFTs. I could see the tickets. It's thing. not going to be some weird thing. It'll just be like, hey, it's just a digital version. It's just going to become NFTs. It's just what it is called. And so when I say digital flexes, it's the same shit as me wearing these rings. But in the in the metaverse world, I want the shiny ring that has a glow-up little fucking picture on it or whatever because that's just what I want. I already have these rings, and it's just the natural next step in a digital, you know, altered reality where that's just normal. It won't be this weird thing that you're probably thinking about. You're like, ah, that sounds sketch. I don't know about that. You know, I don't want to be part of that. It won't be something that you feel you should or shouldn't be part of. It'll just be the same as you uploading Instagram story or not. It's Mm -hmm. just like, uh, you know, you can get too much into it. You can start to focus too much on what other people think about your NFTs. And that's where it gets dangerous because that's just a a self-confidence, self-esteem issue. That's not really NFTs or not. Um, so, so you're you're just saying it's just another extension of social media. It's it's literally the next extension. It's it's not going to be some crazy thing. It'll just be the next step. It'll be the natural. You think next money step. will always be involved? Yes. Well, everything's moving to play to earn. So the difference between NFTs and social media is NFTs. Everything's becoming play to earn in the sense that you own your asset now. It's not you in Call of Duty if you or Fortnite. You buy a skin. You can only use it in Fortnite. If Fortnite goes down, you lose the skin. You lose the game. You lose every. You lose your account. Everything's gone. But you buy the NFT that goes in the game. You own that NFT outside of the game. You can use that as your profile picture or as your avatar in another game. What I think is going to happen is eventually all the things will be interlocked and you can use, you'll have like a little, you know, endless bag that has all your avatars, all your skins, all your weapons, all your houses, all your whatever you need just in one spot. And you can use them on Instagram. You can use them in whatever video game. You can use them when you go here. And then like one one way I explained it to my mom was 
I was like, imagine if she's Japanese. Imagine if you got to see your best friend in Japan, but you didn't have to leave your living room. You just put on a headset and you instantly just were there in Japan walking with your friend and it felt exactly what it would feel like normally. There's no difference other than the fact that you didn't actually have to fly and pay for a plane ticket. And so that's the way I describe so it. Do you think this is the first step? I, I don't know if this is the first step, but that'll be one of the things that happen. Hopefully when the Oculus gets a little bit better and people don't get like nauseous after 10 minutes, but... I have not. I get nauseous wearing these headphones. I would be fucking horrible with the Oculus. I mean, it's, listen, NFTs are here to stay. It'll be one of those things that people just mess around with for a long time. But in the same way that people don't yeah. always use social media. I don't think NFTs are going away. I, 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 I couldn't imagine they're going away. I do think one day... Right now, they're very popular because they're new. In the future, I think they're going to retain its popularity on paper, but less people are going to talk about it because it's going to be normal. Um, I don't think it's going to be like, oh my gosh, NFTs, guys, we're doing it. Oh, I don't think it's going to be like that, um, personally. But the, when you talked about social credit score, I was confused. Because in my head, I'm thinking like China shit. And I'm like, bro, I don't fucking want that garbage. Yeah. Um, but if what you mean is that... Because right now, you're... Cade's social credit score is the cool things you do. In the future, if you don't do cool things, but your social credit score, like open quote, end quote kind of thing, I don't mean like an actual social credit score, but if your popularity is based on an NFT, I'm okay with that. But if I'm not a fan of social, we just talked before the show started. If you and I could get off of social media and let somebody else handle that, it would. our life would be so much easier. And I understand, like, getting sucked in, why this is so important for you to do. I understand why it's so important for you to learn about, whether it's social media, NFTs, or if it's, you know, business marketing. Like, I understand why it's so important to be involved and get into it. Because everyone's doing it, and if you don't do it, you're going to be left behind. That's also part of the problem. And I think a lot of things that we do, whether it be social media, video games, or YouTube, those things are the reason why we're getting divided, the reason why we're depressed, the reason why we're wasting money, uh, becoming uh, broke, um, because everything is already a popularity contest, and we want, we want, we want, we want. Mm -hmm. And that's why it scares me. That's why I have a hard time supporting it, but I know it's not going away. And I think that's why I have such a, you know, disdain for NFTs, because I've talked to you about this before, yeah. and, and, and I'm sure you can tell, I'm sure a lot of other people can tell, not even from just this podcast, but from what I said before uh, to them personally, or, you know, over the phone or something. My tone about NFTs is very negative. Um, it's because of that. I don't, I'm not negative towards people that, you know, involve themselves with NFTs. The whole world changing is just, it's happening so fast. Yeah. Like, come on, the metaverse thing, man? What the fuck, bro? Yeah. Like, out of nowhere, just, so, it's it's scary. That's why I wanted to get some clarity on what you meant by social credit score. Because the way you explained it makes me feel safer. Because when you first were saying that, I was like, holy shit, Cade thinks the social credit score is coming and he is trying to get on that train so he doesn't get left behind. I thought you meant like in a really like 1984 way. I was like, yeah. I don't want that at all. Um, but if it's in, if it's in the, in, in another sense, it's, it's a more fun way where not everyone has to be involved only if they want to. Yeah. I can accept that. It'll, it'll be like, it'll be literally like Facebook 2.0. It'll just be the next upgrade. And it'll just be like, oh, it's just, did you get Facebook 2.0? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's just yeah. like you upgrade your phone. That, is it'll be that kind of level because it's going to take time and it'll be in small, small stages. And one thing I want to say is right now there's NFT pictures. Like, for example, I always use like Lazy Lions because it's just like an iconic avatar picture. 
um, that's just very noticeable. And so it's just this, this fucking lion face, right? And right now it's just a picture. It's a literal JPEG picture that you can put as your profile picture. It's, it's basically stupid, right? But in the metaverse, you'll have a character avatar. So what the metaverse is going to be really is more of an extension of yourself into a digital realm where you're already going to be in. So yeah, you could run around as yourself, but like, why not turn to a fucking dragon if you could, if you could pay this because you're already going to be in the digital world and you're like, okay, should I go and buy a new hat or dre- or dresser for my room or yeah. I'm going to be in this meta world like way more most of the time. Why not just buy a fucking this instead, you know? And that's, that's just where it's going to become. And it's not going to be just pictures and communities. It'll also be, you know, you want to buy a camera for to be on the table in your meta world, you just buy the NFT version. It's not this weird thing. It's just the digital version of it. Let's get like really tinfoil hat right now. All right. Okay. The the growth of technology is exponential. So if it take if it took a year for NFTs to become basically, I mean like not really, Relevant. but kind of mainstream, um, at least for the uh, most of the youth. Imagine what's going to accomplish in another year. It's going to take half a year to accomplish what it's accomplished in one year. So it's exponential. It's, it grows faster and faster all the time. Imagine what kind of world we're going to live in. And this world, the world's not getting smaller. There's just less in it, right? That That's a line from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, actually. Um, and I always talk about how or and you could see like memes about this where it's like I I was born too late to uh, explore the world and too early to explore space. Oh yeah, yeah right. And it kind's kind of annoying. It's kind of annoying. So we're creating a new frontier. This digital world is a new frontier. People are already know whether it be because of quarantine and COVID and stuff, or if it's um because they just have a lack of interest. Everyone's staying inside. Uh, all sports on all TV are decreasing in viewership. Like, no one's really doing many physical things as they used to. Um, everyone's more of a digital kind of world. And I don't want to say that's, an, uh, that's a bad thing right away. Because I don't know. Because I'm not the smartest man ever. Like, I don't fucking know if that's a bad thing. But it seems like a bad thing. Where we are investing so much into a a fake world. Which is also arguably why we're all so depressed yes it scares me what the future is going to be like it scares me but it also for me i'm excited because my brand has become more than just nfts it's become more than just self-help it's become more than going after your dreams it's become more of a a literal extension of me as a person as my character as my personality the things i always thought in my head that i never had the confidence to say out loud is the things I say on Twitter now. It's the things I put on my YouTube, and I just didn't have the audience before, so I didn't have the confidence to say it. And all the things I was saying this whole time, I guess, had been relatable to people. I just didn't know I was, I, that people cared. And so, for me, my channel is not about all NFTs anymore. Every week, I make a video dedicated to something else, whatever it ends up being, whether it's a fucking review of a soccer game one day, or if it's a, a self-interview like I did last week with myself. I just do a little podcast yeah, myself yeah, and, the camera that, yeah. on. Um, and I want to talk about self self help in this, in the sense that you have to face yourself as a person. And I think a lot of people don't even know what that means or where to begin with that. And that's a process that just takes a very long time of you scratching that door and going, what is that thing people are talking about? Like meditation or, or like mm-hmm. talking to yourself or journaling. And then you just you break that down. You, you journal one day, you know, you, you go on a walk one day and you talk to yourself on a bench or something like a crazy person. And then you, 
you go over some life goals you want to have and then you have a fucking, you know, someone breaks up with you and you, you sit there and you're depressed and like this whole process of growth and just like being in your cocoon, that's what I want to help people with, with my brand. Cause I know, I know as my brand grows in NFTs, I'm hurting the world because so many people are getting fucked. Yeah. So I'm trying my best because my channel is about not getting them fucked, but I know 95% of them are still getting fucked regardless of my videos. So at least I can do a little bit of damage control and say, hey, by the way, I know you guys are being degenerates in NFT land all the 24-7. You don't have time for three-minute meditation, but do your three-minute meditation. I'm going to show you some of the things I wrote down when I was going through it yesterday. Here's some things I talked about. Like me and Sydney want to do like weekly uh, episodes on, like we want to do one about like sex. We want to do one about like philosophy and like all this shit because we were like, we need to talk about this because we have eyes on us and we have yeah. a literal responsibility and we're pieces of shit if we don't, do all the things, you know? There's no reason not to. So you're, it, it might be pretentious, but would you say you're producing culture? I'm trying to produce a new wave of people that aren't bitches and complainers and can, yeah, good luck. Can like, well, no, actually, no, let me freeze that. I want to get the bitches and I do that all the time. To continue bitching and complaining, but also couple that with just a little bit of work because you, I think people forget that the little trivial things, the little, like I shit you not, most of the time I don't I don't have time or I just don't make time to do a full meditation, a full journaling session. The amount of times I've written one, maybe six sentences, or pull out my notes out for thirty seconds, or sat on a park bench for literally two minutes on dog when I'm walking my dog, mm. just to take a moment and breathe for a second and just listen to the wind or whatever. Those trivial things actually are the most important thing, and that little thing you said, ah. Eh, I don't know, that's not really where that's not gonna do anything. I didn't feel anything last time. You just doing it anyway, doing it anyway, doing it anyway is the answer. It's how you get there. There's no other way. You can't just get there not doing the trivial things. It's like when you when you're hammering or, or you're like trying to get to a gold mine and you're and you're hacking at the the fucking uh dirt trying to get there and then you don't put in all the days of actually hacking at the thing. You just do it once or twice and you go, Fuck, I'm never gonna find the gold and you just yeah. give up and it's like well, you have to hack at it for 20, 20 months or whatever to get the wood. What are you talking about? And so, well, you know, that's kind of what Sydney and I were talking about. And guys, if you haven't seen the episode, I think it's episode 44, but it's, and I, and I say this to a lot of people, it's, it's, a, it's a battle of attrition. Uh, successful people, every, every successful person, all they have in common is that they just didn't stop. And it's like, well, Mark, no shit, obviously. Well, yeah, no shit, obviously. They didn't stop. Not everyone's going to win. Most people are going to fail. Um, but because then it, they stop most of the time. Well, though. yeah, because they stop most of the time, absolutely. Um, then, and then the question is, right, it's like how far do you have to go before you find success? And I, and I do think you're, you know, when you left your your home, you, you were going on that self-discovery, you were, you were figuring out who you are, you, you kept grinding, you kept working. It's, it's, you know, that, you know, the readiness meets opportunity. Yes. It's, and I, this reason why I thought it was important to understand who you are and why you were before we got into anything because people need to realize that you didn't just roll out of bed and start doing NFT stuff. Like you, it took a while. It took a while. A long time. And it's it, it, everyone always talks about this, where it's like you always see the successful person, but you don't see the work behind them. Um, now, relatively speaking, it went pretty quick for you. Relatively speaking. I mean, it takes it could pay, take people decades. Like people could be in their 60s before they're, they, they hit it, of you course, know? yeah, definitely. Um... So, but it could be because they waited too long. Yeah, no, to absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So it requires some perspective. Yeah. Uh, did the thing go? No, we still have twenty okay. minutes. It, it requires some perspective on both ends. It requires you 
to really understand what other people are going through. And more importantly, it requires them to understand that it didn't just happen for you. And it's not going to happen the same way for them. So it's a battle of attrition. You got to keep going. And like I said before, it's so hard to do that without having that success. What did you just say, Kate? You said you weren't comfortable with talking about what you want to talk about until you had your community. Literally. But I did it anyway. I, what what mm-hmm. let me say is I did do my, like, if you go yes, back, you did I it did anyway. do all the things anyway. And that's why at some point when I had it, I was comfortable saying it. More, yeah. More. Yes. So, so people are going to go, go through that. They're going to have, you know, if it's a YouTube thing, they're going to have no viewers. They might get shit on. They might be doing it forever and not have like anything to show for it. But then it's, you got to keep going. But also, very important, you might actually fucking suck. Very true. You might fucking suck. Very true. And or you might not be solving a problem that needs to be solved. I'm yes. solving a problem. Like, my videos filled the gap that was needed. If you're filling a gap that's not necessary, you will not make it. Let, you know? let me tell people what you're doing. You started, um, and you had, when I, when I met you, met you, you had, like, 600-something subs on uh, your main channel, um, which is... A lot, relatively speaking, to you know where I'm at, right? What you're doing, Cade, is you're solving a problem, and then eventually and slowly, currently, you're becoming that uh, you're making this your identity and, and putting yourself into this space because people don't give a shit about you; they give a shit about what you're trying to do for them. Mm-hmm. Then eventually, yes, they will care about you. Like, okay, Mr. Beast, right? Fucking just two days, got a hundred and like fifty million views on his video. He got ten million subscribers like in a day. Ridiculous. Okay. He's at eighty something million subscribers. The first videos that guy made was like tutorials on Call of Duty and shit and and, and Minecraft. And eventually when people people will attach themselves to you, not because of you, but because you're solving a problem for them. Then you start to show your face. Then you start to give your opinion. And that's how people end up liking who you are and what you are and what you do. That's what you're doing. And you're very confident in this because you were saying that you plan to have 100K subs by this date or whatever. You you think you were talking to Nina? Yeah. Talking to Nina Maybe. about that? Um, see, I know my joyed shit, yeah, man. I real. fucking, I got this. <laughs> um, you, you're very confident. And this is something I struggle with, okay? So, a little new, new of a topic is that I, I've come to this, it's not a realization, it's not an epiphany, and it's, I don't know what it is, but all the people I see around me, you, Easton, Sydney, uh, Nina, who I haven't uh, personally talked with, but I, I've seen her stuff, um, you know, Ethan, like a whole bunch of people that you and I both mutually know, everyone has a one thing in common, and it's that they believed in themselves. And I recently posted a TikTok from an episode I did probably a year ago. And it's a quote by a man, I don't know his name, but it's, you could put in all the effort in the world, but if you don't believe in yourself, then you're not going to succeed. It's not, not, not going to happen. And you think to yourself, well, of course I believe in myself because I'm putting in the effort. And then I said that to myself, I was like, oh, fuck, is that really true? Like, I'm doing a lot of work, but do I actually believe in myself? And I've realized I, whenever I think about my future, I never actually visualize myself, like, in a fantasy way, I do. I visualize myself somewhere cool. But in, if I were trying to visualize reality, I always have a hard time visualizing myself somewhere where I actually want to be. And now, so let's go into spirituality. I'm ready. I don't know if me not visualizing myself somewhere realistically is a problem. Yes, 
It is. Well, hold on. Because I feel like... Well, not a problem, but... Well, it, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I feel like one of the only ways this spirituality stuff works, the only way this, you know, planet alignment shit or uh, fucking karma or, you know, affirmation stuff works is if you believe in it. I feel like those who don't believe in it might be immune to it, or I could be completely fucking wrong because no one knows. But what do you think? Do you think that the reason why a lot of people don't succeed is because they put in so much effort but don't actually think they'll succeed or because something else? I think everything in my entire life I've manifested, every single one, soccer, college soccer, bodybuilding, even some girls, very rarely that happens, <laughs> but every now and then a girl maybe. Uh, every, and then the trip... You know, YouTube, I thought about YouTube since, like, genuinely 2010. Like, I've been wanting to be really? YouTube since 2010. I've been wanting to be a YouTuber. I, I have soccer videos on the main channel all the way back to 2010. I, yep. I have a second a second Kate Bergman channel that started before my main channel with, like, 50 subscribers that I have videos, I think, maybe go back to 2009. So, like, I've been making videos. I've been wanting to be a YouTuber. I didn't know YouTubers were a thing, but I wanted to make videos and get attention on the internet for my whole life. It came from a place of insecurity place of being overlooked, always overshadowed. I was the short dude, the Asian skinny kid, the guy with the man tits, the guy who got overlooked by everyone. Mm-hmm. So everything came from a point of, like, I wish people cared, but in a good way. Did anyone actually, like, make fun of you for being Asian? Yeah, I got bullied. The shit. I would I got, never have known you were Asian. I got shit on. I got really? Shit That's on. crazy. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Wow. What, what's your other... Before we... What's your, what's your makeup? What do you all... I'm half you? Japanese, half, uh, half just white. Half just white. Yeah, no one knows who they are, what they are if they're white. He's yeah. from Ohio. Whatever yeah, that fucking yeah. Means. I'm Ohioan <laughs> and Japanese. Yeah, he's three percent right. European. He's four percent. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. Like all right, sorry, right. sorry. Continue. So yeah, I got bullied a lot, and so just being a loser. Like I remember, like in sixth grade, I'd go to the vending. I think maybe we talked about this once. I mean, in sixth grade, we would go to the vending machines at Porter Yard, and all the eighth grade would sit there and just wait for the fucking the losers to come, and they just like pick on you the yeah, whole time. What a piece of garbage. They'd be like, "Wow, you're gonna get that chip," and I would be like. Oh, is so that like not the oh right one? They're like, no, God. you should be getting this one. And I was like, I don't like that one. And they're like, you should get it. And I'd be like, okay. And then I would get it. And they just fucking take it or something. And I was just like, fuck me. And like, I couldn't do anything about it. I'm not going to fight them. Yeah, man. So I had that oh, my whole now. life. Yeah, now I'll beat the shit out of them because we did all that MMA. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. But um, yeah, and then in Japan, same shit. Like, I went to a Japanese school a few times with my mom. And uh, we would go for like a few weeks. And so I would go to school for a week or two and just you like shadow. I like, we lived for like three weeks. I would go and like, do like normal shit though. I'd go to school, like do normal stuff. Wow. And so I get the shit. I, I like, there was eighth graders and they literally bullied me so fucking hard. Japanese I eighth graders? Japanese eighth graders. These motherfuckers were huge. They were like <laughs> six feet tall. I swear to God. Really? No, they were probably five feet tall. Yeah, because they, they looked, they looked yeah. like, I remember vividly, Mark. I remember three of them at the top of the staircase looking down at me. I'm fucking this tall. You were like, and I'm it just was- like, even though it wasn't China, it was full-on karate kid over Dude, there. Dude, and I'm sitting Christ. there, and these Japanese kids are, like, yapping at me, like, oh, you're a fucking loser because you're American, you're short. You're they this act, were they speaking English? They were speaking in, like, broken English, but they're enough to get the point across wow, that I was they learned English to bully you. What exactly, the fuck? Exactly, bro. And so I remember that's just awesome. being like, damn, I fucking suck. I might have to shake their hand, actually. That's pretty impressive. It, it was so funny, and I just remember being like, wow, that's... That's lame, and like, that's how my whole life was up until, like, 10th grade. So when I transferred, the next portion of my life was basically, how can I fit in and be cool? Okay, I'm good at soccer. Let me work that angle. I'm the new guy. I have, like, muscle a little bit because I start working out. Yep. Let me turn into this douchebag version of myself. I always felt like a normal person, but I guess I was a bit of a douchebag in high school. And same with college. I was just fighting for that identity that I was looking for. And so the only time where I finally started to really get into who I wanted to be was when Meg dumped me in 2018. Brutal, the worst three years of my life after that, basically. 
but that was the most growth I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm sure psychedelics had a little bit to do with that. And just like a, a real search of like what I, why, who, what, all those things, you know? And so then with the trip was the very first time confidence became a factor. It was never confidence before. It was always hope and faking it and acting mm. confident, but not really being comfortable with myself on the inside. So when the trip happened and I relied on myself and I had no one to rely on by myself and I was by myself on my own for everything. When that happens to you, when you're really dependent on yourself, like people who grow up with shit parents and they have to take care of their siblings, you become self-reliant and you become self-confident. And that wasn't me before. Like now when I speak, I have real like whatever the thing is. Like when I speak, I feel powerful. And I never really felt powerful that much before because mm. it came from a place of scarcity. But now that I know the world's abundant as fuck and everything I want in this life, I really can manifest. I just have to think about it long enough and do the things long enough and really actually put some effort in. They do come true because I, I just know they do and they will. And so there's certain things in my head that I have planned in the future that I'm like, these things will happen. I will interview Gary Vee. I will go on Tom, Tom Billy's Impact Theory show. It's it's going to happen. I've visualized it to a fucking, like, the smallest detail. Me getting into the chair and hugging him. Like, these small little things that they give you little glimmers of hope, but you don't raise your expectations. You just set your standards there. And you say, this is where I'm going to get. But I don't judge myself for not being there yet. I'm just like, bro, I'm 23 years old. I got, like, 75 years to do this, you know? Tom Billy's going to be alive in 50 years. I'll still have time. He's not going to be not doing this, I hope. And so that's that's really my mindset now. So uh, with that, because you just, you, you're talking about manifestation. We've talked about manifestation before. Um, and I sound like such an asshole because I'm like, I have a problem with this. So I got a problem with this. Um, I'm not, I don't have a good relationship with the word manifestation because I, I, I think I, I'm kind of lost on what it means. But hearing you explain what you just explained. Daydreaming. Daydreaming. Yeah, well, better word. You're... You're very in- inspiring, not in a way where it's like, oh, I want to be like Kate. Like I'm sure some people do, but it's, it's not like I want. That's my goal. But you're inspiring in, in the way where it's like, he his accomplishments. Like the, Johnny says this, which I find funny. He says, "Man, I'd be happy for you if I wasn't so jealous." Like <laughs> you're actually accomplishing things, and you attribute it to a lot of your manifestation, attribute it to, of course, your hard work and your vision. The reason why I have a problem with, um, what's the word again? Manifest. Manifestation. Yeah. Is when it was introduced to me, it always sounded like me basically praying to the world or God or whatever it was and the world giving it to me. And Scarcity. That, that sounded, and still sounds like such bullshit to me. Because it's like, I would rather manifestation not mean asking and receiving but taking action and reaping the benefits it's daydreaming it's, it's basically you saying this is what i want i just want to think about it and live in this world where i have this enough to where i'm not mad that i'm not there yet but i'm just so excited about it and the more you think about it it's it's, it's really just daydreaming i've just daydreamed my whole life from a kid I thought about me being popular, and then I thought about me being good at soccer, me being part of the cool group, me being cool in college, me being a frat guy, me being this, me being that. But all those like manifestations, they all kind of accumulate to where I'm at now. But all those little accumulations of me being toxic as fuck had to happen for me to get to a point where I can look back on that. Yes. Yeah, because you're your own person right now. You're your own person right now, as far, as far as I can tell. I mean, like, 
I'm sure countless things have influenced. I'm actually Sydney Espo. I have a mask on. What the yeah, fuck? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's like holy shit. Can you imagine? Um, but no, really. Like you, like, there's countless things that probably influence you to be who you are right mm-hmm. now. A lot of people. Um, but but you, you aren't trying to be any. As far as I can as I can tell, you aren't trying to be anyone but yourself right now, and the re and I think the reason why it's so easy for you to do that is not only because you have a community now that likes you, but you're confident now. And I've never known you before six months ago. True. So like I don't I don't know what you were like. Um But you wouldn't have known. I didn't I, show that side ever. Yeah. I remember when we, we had a conversation and out over the phone and we both didn't know what the fuck we were doing with this podcast shit. And you were like, yo, man, we're talking. You're like, all right, let's just figure this out. And I'm like, oh, I'll record at home and I'll Google Drive it to you. Like, that was yeah. great. I was, I was so excited to talk to you on your podcast because you you weren't trying to be fake. I hate fake people. I Same. hate phonies. I hate phonies. Oh, God, so many people are going to shoot me for talking about this because I talk about it all the time. Okay. Fucking the catcher in the rye, man. <laughs> You've talked about this on the one we. I did talk about it all the time. That <laughs> I I want to say it's my favorite book, but it's, I don't like saying things are my favorite because it kind of scares me. But I feel like it. That's another problem I have. Where I'm very I'm afraid of commitment in some areas. But with the catcher in the rye, it's so the kid is a it hates phonies. He hates people that are fake. But if you read the book, he's the fakest motherfucker there, right? So you can carry this persona. Um. And you're like, I can't believe that guy's like that. I can't believe that guy's like that. You're doing your YouTube. Let's say that you're, guys, I know you're doing it for money, but, like, try to see the better things in NFTs. Guys, like, I, I know you want to travel the world to take cool photos and have good, uh, like, uh, vlogs and stuff, but maybe actually put the phone down and look around. Like, you can say that, but you actually do it. And I think that's the difference between being a phony and being real. And when I talked to you on the phone, I was like, okay, he's real. And I don't mean he's real where he's like, he knows what he's doing. This is the guy. No, you were a real person. And in that moment, you needed help. I was so happy because I know one day I'm going to fucking need help. And this guy's not going to be, not going to shame me for asking it. He might not be able to help me, but he's not going to be upset when I ask, um, if I ask. So that was awesome. And right then, I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. He's going to be chill. And I think that's... Same. I had the same thought. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And and I think that's what's bringing you to this next level is that you're real. You're not You're not a phony. And that's why in the beginning I asked you, okay, NFT stuff, like, you understand the conflict of interest? you understand? And you keep telling me, no, 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 Mark, listen, listen. Yeah, they're all fucking idiots if they, if they don't know what they're doing. But I'm here just to tell them this is, might be a better way to do it, but you're not promoting things you're doing. You're not promoting things. You're not trying to, you know, pump something up so you can, like, sell out. That was very important for me to ask you about. Yeah. I talk about it with Amanda all the time, and that shit fucking pisses me off. When people are phony, when they want this, when they want that, and, and they do something to get it. You know uh, you know who Tana is, that YouTuber? Tana Manjo? Yeah, the, something the like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she did, like, TanaCon, and she just didn't I, I go. I don't know what TanaCon okay, is, but all right, I've heard bro, about it. The stupidest shit ever. First of all, she's, like, at, at the time, she was, like, under 21. Let's say she was 20. I don't know. Maybe she'd be 19. But she sold countless tickets to an event called TanaCon. And she sold too many tickets. I, I'm pretty sure she sold too many tickets for the uh, um, fire marshal to allow all those people in. So, so many people spent all that money, and they were waiting in line all day. People were getting heat stroke. And the worst Jeez. part is she didn't even go. 
So there was no Tanacon. It was an empty warehouse. You classic know, influencer. You know, you know where she went? Under 21, went to like some club and was drinking and like posting stuff on social media. What a piece of garbage, right? That's fake shit. That is fake. People like that don't deserve what they've got. And what she got was given to her by people that don't know what the fuck they're doing. If you support someone like that, shame on you. And that's why I'm not afraid to support people like you. If you continue doing what you do and you continue being real and you're not fake, I will support you. But no one, no one deserves leeway. People deserve second chances, but no one deserves leeway. Because if you're starting to, you know, drift, bro, it's time for an intervention. Try again. I love second chances. Makes sense. People shouldn't be canceled because they make one mistake. But people shouldn't be allowed to keep making that mistake. Agreed. So don't be phony. Don't be fake. Be real. Don't be a piece of shit. And it's your responsibility to have that. And viewers, it's your responsibility to fucking call them out on that exactly. shit. Okay? Exactly. I don't care how many subscribers, you know, Kate has. You know, right now it's very intimate. You know, and eventually as you get, you know, 10,000, you know, 100,000, a million subscribers, it's no longer intimate. Right now, it's it's a little imp- intimate with your Discord, mm-hmm. with your YouTube channel. And when someone calls you out, you're like, oh, that hurts. But when you get more subscribers, you you notice it less, and that's when it gets really dangerous. So right now, everybody, if you're subscribed to Kate or anybody, or if it's fucking 10, I don't even know if she's on YouTube, if you're subscribed to me... You know, call us out on that shit, man, because that what that's what keeps us humble. That's what keeps us, you know, on the right path. And that's what makes it better for you, better for us. And it keeps shitty people off the internet. And it's shitty people that makes this world a horrible place, makes people depressed. And it's one of the reasons why I had to ask you about where's all this NFT go- shit going? Because the, the wrong people are getting involved and ruining it for everyone. I, I, I don't know why I just fucking said a whole bunch of shit. I don't know where I'm going with it, but... <clears throat> take over. Do you want me to take over? Fucking, or do, do whatever you want. Sense. I'm getting lightheaded. I'm so angry. <laughs> Oh no, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, with the influencers, they they need to be held accountable. I don't like to name drop just because I don't give a shit. Honestly, with with well, only well, with for specific, you, you are specifically with NFTs, it's actually just because a lot of them are anonymous. I have yeah. no clue who these motherfuckers are. That might be they might be like, yeah, rich motherfuckers who can kill me. You know, I, no, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's I just don't uh, know. Hillary Clinton. So I get scared before I drop uh, a name drop. There's a few. There's definitely a lot of people that come to my mind, and I think for me. Early on in the brand, when I first started my YouTube, when I realized the brutally honest reviews were going to be the main thing, and I was like, okay, so I'm going into an analyst mode. I can't mix promotions here. It doesn't work. My brand doesn't work with promotion. It's not possible to do this when I'm just like, hey, you should buy this project. Look at this project and like all the yeah. other reviews on YouTube. So I pretty much decided, I was like, I cannot be part of that group. And so this is something I wanted to say earlier is one thing that for people who have shit self-confidence and for people who maybe just don't believe in themselves fully, I think maybe the reason I've gotten to this point and I'm finally not watching YouTubers anymore and listening to them is because I spent so much time, mainly from the trip, yep. not having a blueprint, not having a single fucking person in le- in real life who actually did a single thing remotely close to what I was doing. I don't know, a single person doing travel photography. The only person I knew was Kent and he did all promotional stuff for like hotels and like, and, and whatever, like stuff I wasn't doing. And I was like, I have no one to talk to. I have no one who actually knows anything. I, what the fuck? And so I was like, I have to literally do it, I guess. And then I don't know. And so the whole process and with NFTs, nobody, there's not a single person doing review projects as their, their main thing. So there's no one I can look to for help. Yeah. So I was like, since I'm carving my own path, I have no choice but to be like, damn, this is kind of, and like as soon as I started working, I was like, oh, 
fuck, this is great. Like now I can kind of lead the path and having that knowledge, having that awareness to be like, okay, I'm like leading a charge here and I'm aware that I'm leading a charge and people are listening to me, meaning I'm actually onto something and hearing other people who are big in this space message me out of nowhere. Like people I've watched on YouTube for years and I'm just like, oh, all right. And then after a certain while, I was like, I stopped listening to all the support and I stopped listening to all the hate. I get a, a, a lot of both, actually. More hate than I thought I would get, actually, this early on. Um, <laughs> since all my shit's not promotional, so I don't know why they're, yeah. why they're hating. But anyways, yeah. um, Gary Vee ma- made this video a long, long time ago and I made sure I internalized it before I started getting subscribers. I made sure I did it while I had no subscribers. It was the blinders. Don't listen. Or he said, take all the support and hate, but don't take it. You know, don't it's, take you it. Have to, you have to base it on merit. Yeah, and so, well, the other thing is he's like, it just doesn't matter if this person says this or that. He goes, it, it just really doesn't, on a, on a mathematical standpoint, matter. It doesn't matter if this guy says this because there's all these other people who support you. So what's the difference? Just don't take the support. If someone who you love, if Gary Vee reached out and said, Cade, your videos are fucking sick. I am so hyped for you or whatever. That'd be crazy. I would, I would probably panic for a second and be like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. But I've already thought through this situation. I've already thought through the situation of me hitting a million dollar jackpot on something or my favorite influencer reaching out and saying, hey, I fuck with you. Let's do a collab or something. I've thought through these things and actually done like a, not a role play, but I've actually gone through my head what I would do if this happened so that when it does happen, I don't lose my shit and just panic and do a bunch of stupid stuff. So it's really important when you're, when you're doing this, that you carved your own path and you just don't take the support. You just, the only support you should ever take is from yourself. You say, hey, I just filmed a video and I just posted that video and I'm done or for whatever you want to do. I'm proud of that video regardless if it's my eighth best this week or my first best. I don't give a Hmm. fucking, I don't give a single fuck if my video is 10th or first. It just doesn't matter to me. I'm just making videos and that's all that matters to me and I only take my advice or I mean, I only take my feedback as far as a personal thing, you know? So, I'm going to agree with you. However, it would be a little hypocritical if I completely agree with you. Because I did just say it's important to listen to what people are saying about you and your content. And that's why I said before yes. it's merit-based. Mm-hmm. And, and I've talked this with, you know, my sister, my girlfriend, with, you know, family, um, with random people. It's that what people, no matter who fucking tells you this, if it's your teachers, your parents, your friends, your, no matter who the fuck it is, what people think about you and what people say about you actually fucking matters. I, no one could convince me otherwise. I'm going to tell you why. When I was in school... And I was like, my guidance counselor would be like, oh, I don't care what people think about you. I'm like, and I'm like, you know, I might be asking for a job from one of these kids when I get older. Like, what do you mean don't care? What I, you, are you an idiot? It is important what other people think about you in, the, in, in, the, in certain settings. What you do as a passion and as a hobby and what you do in your free time and for fun, as long as you're not hurting anyone, if someone cares what you're doing, they're the asshole. But when it comes to building a brand, when it comes to, you know, building a business or, you know, raising your children, there's a lot of times where, yeah, you have to listen to what people are saying because it's merit-based. If I came home one day and my father told me I lack discipline, I'm going to listen to him. That's important. If I walked into a, a liquor store and some random person calls me, you know, a, a shitty name. Why the fuck would I care? There's no merit. I don't know that guy. He doesn't know me. Maybe I cut him in line, and he, and he's calling me an asshole. Like, 
Okay. Uh, I don't care. But what people say does matter, and I think you have to base it off of merit. So if Gary Vee said great video, that's a very that, – that means something. Well, no, it means let – me, let me rephrase. I listen to advice, and I listen to objective help. But I, when I say I don't listen and I don't, like, hear, I mean I don't internalize feelings about me. I don't like you. I don't give a fuck if you don't like me. I really don't because mm-hmm. there's so many people that do fuck with me. I have – and I make sure I, – I think about this every day. I think about this every single day that my 150 people in my OG Discord, they really fuck with me. Like, they really care about me. Uh-huh. And if I fell off the face of the planet tomorrow, they would be upset. You know, and so those people I care about. But even if they said, Cade, like, fuck you, like, this or that, or I'd just be like – well, so you're then you're even though you might not realize that you're judging based off of merit because yes, yes, one, you're right. One person on your Discord says you're an asshole or doesn't like what you do. That doesn't mean a lot. But when you when you're doing what you're doing and you have a mass of people, it's the mob mentality. So if like the if sixty percent of the people say you're like they don't like you, you're doing something wrong. Sixty percent, you should probably listen. That's yeah. If there's something that, like that, you go okay. I need lo- to recheck something real quick. There's a lot of merit in yeah. in that large group of sure. people. Um. So if we're talking about a, a mass group of people, if if the larger mass is saying something, listen, okay? It doesn't, mean you, doesn't it. mean you have to change anything, mm-hmm. but you have to do the math, sure. okay? Like I said, okay, if my father, if I said, if, okay, let's say you're like ex- obese, you're extremely overweight, okay? Or let's say I am, and I got fired from my job. I came home, and my father says, you are so undisciplined. I don't talk, let's say I don't talk to my father. Let's say I just live at his house and I don't say anything. So he, he shouldn't know that about me. But why does he know that about me? Because mm-hmm. I'm fucking fat. I am undisciplined. I am not healthy. That's a very good merit-based judgment. I agree. Okay? I agree. I should listen to what he's saying because what he's saying makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if somebody on your Discord has a bad day... And they and they lost money on an NFT, and they say you're you're very bad at giving advice. No motherfucker, you're bad at taking advice. Okay, so it's it's merit based. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Sixty percent of them says you're bad at giving advice. You're probably pretty shitty at giving yeah. advice. So it, it's always merit based, right? So like, so I do think if the masses are saying one thing, it probably it's probably pretty I'll, I'll always acknowledge it and I'll think about it. I guess my main point is I don't internalize something about how I feel about myself. I don't let anyone's opinion for, like my, my relationship with myself has grown in the past eight months more than my entire life combined yep. because I spent actual intentional work building myself. Like I talk to myself and, and I'll sit in my car, like if I was sitting in my car like alone, I'll sit there if I had a shit day or if I need like a, a, a hype up or whatever, I'll sit there and I'll just like rant just like me right now, but like to myself and I'll be like, and I'll reinforce things that I know are true about myself that may or may not feel true in the moment. Like when you feel bad, you fucked something up, you you did something dumb or whatever and you're yep. feeling bad about yourself, you need to remember that that one mistake doesn't mean you are the mistake. You just made a mistake. Yes. And that's really important that you align yourself. Every time you come out of alignment like this, you, it's very important that you have that moment, you come back home like home to yourself, and you realign. Even if you fucked up, you can forgive yourself and acknowledge that you fucked up and move on. But if you don't actually do that trivial realignment, you'll com- this will happen. And five years later, yeah. you're an alcoholic and you <laughs> fucking yeah. have like 14 kids and you don't know where any of them are, you know? Yeah. So like that's what happens. So you, you have to do the trivial patchwork, you know? Exactly. It's so that's, that's judging based off of merit. Absolutely. Exactly. There was this guy who 
commented, never met him before in my life, random YouTube commenter, and he critiqued in a very aggressive and almost mean way something about my episode I did a while back when I first started. He said, bro, stop interrupting, let them speak. And I was like, you, and I commented back, I was like, you know what, you're right. I've been trying to fix that. I've, I've been doing really, I did a really bad job at that, but this is my second podcast, and I think I've gotten a lot better. Um, but th- and, I, and I thanked him for commenting, and I told him he was right, because he was. I didn't know him, but based on the merit of like, like actually judging his critique, I was like, he's fucking right. And I had to change. Sure. And, and it makes me a better uh, podcaster. So, yeah, it's, it, we both have good opinions, uh, not opinions, uh, examples of that. I, I like how you explained that, like, it's just a moment. Yep. And you have to, you know, patchwork, r- yeah. r- repair. And the thing you said about the podcast, that, that has to do with your podcast, not you as a person yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah, yes, know? yeah. Because um, you can you can always take advice. I always take advice from other people. I had a guy, a guy DM me the other day, and he was like, hey, man, your lives... Um, and he had like four different things on a list. He was like, you need to do this, you need to not do this, and you need to do this. And so for three of them, I was like, okay, you're wrong about these three. You just misread what I said, <laughs> which was actually true. Like I yes, actually yeah. read through them and made sure. The fourth one, I was like, you're actually 100% right. And the fourth one, I will use this advice. But him calling me out on it didn't make me feel bad as a content creator, as a person. I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Oops. Mm. You know, like that's what I thought. And so, but that took a long time of me doing patchwork every day. Like a long time, like... Those days on in that in that fucking car, like I lived in my car, by the way, that whole trip for six months. When you're living in your car and you have a space the size of this fucking table for yeah. yourself, it's a really I don't know what the word is to describe it, but you're very tucked up in a little corner with nowhere really to go. And you kind of just accept that about yourself and you realize there's nowhere else to go but internal to to transcend yourself or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. And so that that little forcing me to to not be able to run anywhere is the reason I was able to get here. And that's why I think it's really important that people do take whatever the leap of faith. It doesn't have to be a massive leap of faith like mine was. You know, it could be small little steps. You know, it's always chipping away. You chip away until you're like, damn, I can do this shit. And then you say, maybe this is the time to roll the dice and do a gamble. I got six grand in my bank account. I want to move to Iowa to fucking start a farm. Like, I can do this. And if you fuck up, you come back home, you work again, and you try something else. Or you learn something, and you meet someone there, and you go in this completely different direction, and now you're a podcaster, you know? Yeah. Like, it just that's just what life is. But it's it's the fact that most people are too scared to see what that is. Like, my sister's 18. She's like, should I go here, or should I move here, or should I just keep working here? And I'm like, Hannah, just pick one and just do any of them. They literally will all work. And she's like, well, I don't know which one. I'm like, okay, well, if you don't decide... That is a decision. You're sitting completely stagnant and you're going to wither away and hate yourself because you didn't make a decision. And that's really, really important for people to hear that no decision really, genuinely is a decision. If you choose not to act, you're going to sit there and the the feelings that made you not move will continue to just cascade on top of you until you're literally moving and there's 500 pounds of guilt, anxiety. I should have done this. I should have done Why didn't I just do this? Like I should have just, and it's just, it never ends until you make that leap. As soon as you take that leap, you go, oh, I overthought 100% of that shit. Yeah, it's, it's scary. So scary. I uh, I tell this story really often about how, like, I remember I was telling you in the basement. So before we recorded, uh, we started recording, we were literally grappling. We were like. We were both naked. We, we, yeah, we were completely naked, oiled up, <laughs> and fighting. No, but we were we were wrestling in the basement. We were, we were teaching each other some things. It was a lot of fun. My, my family is a family of wrestlers. Like, that's what we do. And I remember when I was around 12 years old, could have been younger, I'm not sure. I tell this story all the time. 
I was walking to the bathroom to go brush my teeth, and I, and I was talking to my father from across the house, and he he was yelling because we were far away from each other. He said, "Wrestling's your sport, and you don't know it yet." I didn't respond, but I was thinking to myself, "How? What, do you, what does he mean?" And this is ridiculous. I'm like, "I'm 12 years old. I'm too old to start something new." Wow. You're you're always gonna think you're too old to start something new, always. And I've I I I've caught that at a young age, which I think cause I didn't realize I, I didn't realize the mistake I made till I was around like 15 or 16. I was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe I said that when I was 12." And that makes me realize every single time I think it's too late to do something, I remind myself of that moment. And lo and behold, I re- started wrestling, I did MMA, and it became a big part of my life. So it it's just funny how you're always so worried about starting something because you're afraid you're going to make the wrong choice because you think you can't do something else when it's done. And I talk about this too. It, it It's the philosophy of choice. So once you choose... You've officially limited yourself. Now, I, to a point, I do agree with that. And the example I, I, I give is from a movie it's called Mr. Nobody, where a, a little boy is walking into a tent. And there's hundreds of tables, and each table has uh, unique desserts on it. Not one of them is the same. And your mother says to you, you can have one. So you never choose. Because as soon as you choose, you've officially limited, your, limited yourself. Choosing is the hardest thing to do because you feel like you can't go back. That's not always the case. You can try something new, do something different. Um, that's usually why the reason people end up staying where they are because they're afraid to choose. So, if anyone's having that struggle, if, if, if anyone's listening to, listening to this that's in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, I know I'm only 24, but it's it's never too late because it's either you're going to live the rest of your life no matter how many years that is left over you're going to live the rest of your life upset that you didn't try and next year all you're going to say to yourself is oh, I'm too old but were you told were you too old last year like fuck man so yeah I, I, great, I get that that's a great point so what we just said about um about how I said no decision is a decision that's what I'm saying if you don't pick a fucking dessert guess what you're going home without fucking without dessert. Fucking dessert. <laughs> you didn't pick cherry cake or blueberry cake, and now look what you did. Now you're hungry. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> why I said that, because you said that made me think about this. Exactly. So it's fucking do something. Exactly. Do something. And that's and that's what you were doing. It's you were trying. It was very important for you to try, because you said you had dreams, you had goals. And Okay, what, what I want to say before, um, not affirmations, manifestations. Manifesta- manifestations are just goals, right? Would you would that make sense? Manifestations are dreams, daydreams, goals, all those things. Yeah, I know. I said it before. It's just that uh, it's like manifestation. It's just, it's just hard for me to uh, you know, be a part of to like really because everyone explains it incorrectly. But I think saying it where it's just like it, it is what it is. It's it's it, it's the hard work, putting the hard work, and getting something out of it. But I I kind of want to. Change subject real quick because I keep looking at the mushroom tattoo on your arm. Oh, <laughs> hey, bro, we got it. We got to talk about this shit. We got to talk mushroom? about psychedelics. Oh, we got it. Like, oh boy, what's your relationship? <laughs> what's your relationship? Really? Because I because I see you doing some hippie shit, traveling the country, discovering yourself, selling art. Like, it's that's yeah. that you're a fucking hippie. Well, <laughs> where's your relationship with it? With psychedelics, is very healthy, but I have it. I have the same mentality with psychedelics as I do with investing now and life i think well not even investing just everything in general i think psychedelics just like alcohol brings out who you really are who you're gonna be and it just amplifies everything like i feel like everyone 
who's smart in the world has pretty much agreed on that. Like that's what it does. It brings out who you are. You can't hide from it. It just comes out. Like that's the problem when you trip with other people. Things happen on a trip with people that you might not expect. And it can be pretty uncomfortable sometimes. That's why I typically don't trip with anybody because I'm just like, I don't want to have to control them or have to worry about what they are might do or might say. And so it brings out certain things. But for me, I always, the first time I tried it was just random. I just, my friend had it and uh, he was like, do you want some? It was acid and I was like. Gotta be aggressive with it. Sure. There we go. Yeah. Fuck. And I was like, sure. And so we stuck it on my tongue, waited a couple hours. I don't even know what happened. I just was like really high, like blah, blah, blah. And then. The next day, I woke up, and I was, like, mind fucking shattered. Like, everything was... I was seeing color for the first time kind of thing. So, would, would you would you say that psychedelics helps you with manifestation? I've always manifested. That didn't change it. The only difference psychedelics made when I first tried it, the big thing was I basically was, like... There's a lot of things that I did that I was on autopilot for. And I didn't know I was on autopilot. Just doing things, doing bad habits, mm-hmm. falling into the same patterns, falling for the same types of girls. And I was like, fuck. And so that was the first slap. It was literally a slap in the face. Like, dude, get your fucking shit together. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Like, why are you, you don't even like, like, you're just working out for this body that you're never going to be, like, it's all these realizations that I never really accepted and confronted about myself. It literally brought them all to the surface and said, slap in the face. And it's like, deal with this shit now. So for two weeks, I sat there in agony and was like, oh my God, like the world's not what I thought. Like I've been lied to my whole life. I'm not, what am I doing? And and it was a shit show, but that little psychedelic thing that everyone talks about is like the realization factor well, the first time. It's ego killer. Ego killer, yeah. And you realize there's a little bit more to this life than you thought. You just didn't know. Like it's literally just like you, everything was no color. And then one day you just got a glimpse of color and you're like, wait, what? Like, wait, hold on. What? Wait, what? And so you take a couple of weeks and you're like, all right, I guess there's color. And then you're like, what do, what do I do with this information? And then you're like, oh my God. And so all this stuff happens. And then, so for me, I, I you know, everyone goes through these little cycles of experimenting with, with psychedelics. So for, for the most part, I did it by myself, on my own, no trip sitter. This was not really recommended by most people, but I always trust myself in the department of like, I can get myself out of it. Like I only trust myself kind of mentality. Even though before it wasn't fully out of confidence, it was just because yeah. I didn't feel like getting somebody else. And so most of the time I was just running around trying to figure out what it could teach me about myself. And after seven or eight trips, I was like, I'm not learning anything new. Like, I'm just being stupid now. This is a waste. So I read something about microdosing and I tried shrooms before. Everything was basically the same. It's just like, oh my God, you're tripping. Everything's really high. And you're, it's cool. It's fun. And then after I'm like, okay, like nothing really happened there. And so the microdosing for me was the, the page turner. Microdosing mm-hmm. is where it's at. I haven't... I. I'll trip sometimes if it's for fun. I mean, I don't care. Like, it's whatever. I'm not, like, against tripping or anything. I think tripping isn't very helpful after a few times if you're trying to grow just because unless you forgot all the lessons or something, which you're not going to, you can't really reteach those lessons. You already know those. It's like opening doors that have already been opened. You're like, so, you know? So with the psychedelics, it allows you to take some of those things that you forget about on a daily basis that your autopilot turns on, you forget to be present, and it lets you look at life in a little bit more of a grateful and appreciative way. You go, oh, man, that, that tree is just flowing nice in the wind right now. It looks so nice. I haven't noticed that tree in 10 years, and it's sitting in my front yard, and I've never even glanced at it once. And you're like, wow, I wonder what else I just don't notice every day. And you notice, like, the nice lady sitting at the bus stop or something that you walk right past you've never said hi to in your entire life. And just little things like that. You say hi to the clerk, and you say, how are you? Just little things where you're like, damn, bro, I'm missing out on so much good positive energy. And that's for shrooms. That's what it is for microdosing LSD. 
I just I don't actually do it. I've done it a couple times. It just made me think a little bit better with shrooms. It's been all around just amazing. Like everyone who microdoses shrooms pretty much is like it's basically the limitless pill. It just it just works. It just makes you more effective in every department. And so for me, if you're gonna do psychedelics, I would never condone anyone do drugs. But if you were, definitely don't trip first. Definitely try microdose. Definitely try a small, small portion of it. Mm. Like we were talking, I don't know if you want to talk about like um, on the podcast, but I was like, I know you were talking yeah, about. Well, we could talk about a few things. Um, the way you talk about microdosing and about mushrooms and about an acid, we can talk about my um, interest in it. I, I, I'm not too worried about it. I don't, I don't care. But I, I want to talk about how a lot of people are starting to use mushrooms, well, psychedelics as if they were drinking coffee. And, and it's very interesting that. And I don't know how I feel about it yet, but it's very interesting that people are using psychedelics as an extension of themselves, which, you know, begs the question, like, you know, what are we? I mean, like, if many cultures, many cultures, and many normal people feel like they can accomplish and be more of who their true self is on psychedelics, what really are we? Because... If, if psychedelics are an extension of who we are, then are we incomplete? Or how, or like, I don't, like, that's, that question's weird to me. It's like, because I don't know. What's your opinion on it? I think maybe I, I worded it. No, that word, that's it. not you. That is my opinion, whether or not you just said what you just oh, said. Oh, okay, okay. All right, let me, we'll rephrase what you said then. Okay. Because I think there's a better way to say it okay. that'll probably make more sense. So, it's not an extension of you. It just is you, your natural state, and it's the one that doesn't worry. It has no guards, no barriers, no subconscious barriers, no childhood barriers that you subconsciously can't eat. You don't even know they're happening, but you won't try that one. You won't go talk to that girl because of that one thing that happened in fourth grade that actually affected you way more than you think, that affected you in eighth grade, so you didn't do it then, and tenth grade you didn't do it then, and twelfth grade didn't do it then, and now you won't do it because of all these things, but it really stemmed from here. So when you're in shrooms... It kind of breaks. It starts to dissolve some of these barriers, and you go, "Wait a minute! Like, I have been doing this whole thing because of this one thing that happened a long time ago." And what it really does is just breaks down some of the barriers that stop you from really confronting who you are, who you really know you are. So it's it's one of those things that when it happens, we'll go deep here. DMT, one of the hardest drugs on earth, mm-hmm. I've done once. <laughs> okay. Fucking insane. I don't even know. I, there's no point in going into details because that's not what's important here with the DMT. With DMT, what happened when I went into DMT world, for anyone who knows psychedelics, you go into this fucking dimension that doesn't exist in this reality. And you go into this dimension where you're in this presence of a of a presence that's massive. It's everything, basically. It's everything plus you combined. And it's a very, very weird, familiar feeling of... It's like I am here or I belong here or something I something's familiar and after that trip I realized I was like yo that was like just me like I was it was like I was talking to the universe as if it was a an entity at once but also me kind of like we're a wave in the ocean and as the ocean moves we're a wave we move with the ocean that kind of thing and so what I noticed is that when you're on psychedelics it basically allows you to kind of skip the line of having to deal with all your bullshit to face yourself, and it just shoots you to the front of the line and says, okay, here's your real self. What do you think? E- ego killer. Ego yeah. killer. And so, But if you do it, if you break it down, you start to break these down step by step, and you don't have to worry about those things. You don't have to, well, you're not, not used to worry, but I think you can couple it in a healthy way. The problem is most people want that quick fix. They want to just be fixed. 
And the problem is the being fixed part happens as you try and as you fail and as you try and you figure this out, figure that out. And so it's more of a tool that you use over time. It took me months and months and months and months and months and months and months, months, years actually for me to actually integrate uh, psychedelics in a useful way. Even though I thought from the beginning that I was doing it from a great way and I was, but it still wasn't good enough. Because it's, yeah. Well, because I think about how caffeine is the most, you know, widely used drug in the world and is used every day in like copious amounts. Uh, And how people are starting to use mushrooms mostly for, you know, microdosing. And I I want to believe that humans can attain everything those drugs do naturally. I'm not saying it's easy, but I know like, you know, monks and people who meditate and do yoga, they all claim they could, you know, transcend all that without the use of, you know, anything exterior. And that's like what DMT is. DMT is made in your body. So like, Perhaps there's a way to... Uh, did you need some? No, I just need a burp. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where all these burps uh, are coming from. There's little burps. No, no worries. <laughs> I, I don't... I, so I think there is a part of us that can just do it. And I, and I, and I want to believe that. So, But when I see people microdose psychedelics, I'm not against it at all. In fact, I'd, I'd probably want to try to do it. Um, but it, it scares me on a personal level. Because I, I'm afraid of being dependent on things. I drank coffee today, Cade. I, if anything, I'll drink it once a week, once a month. I try not to drink it at all. Because I don't want to be dependent on it. If you don't drink caffeine, you don't need it. And when you do need caffeine and you've never drank it before, then it'll actually work when you drink it. So I feel like if, 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 I'm open and into and wanting to do psychedelics because I, I want to experience, I want to understand. And I think there's a lot about myself that I can't understand without the help of things. I don't know what that means, but, um, so there's, there's, there's things that I want to, for anyone that's listening, Cade rubbed his hands together. So I'm not a fucking weirdo that just talks to my inner self randomly. Um, so there's, I want to try, but I want to understand a human's relationship with the world, with spirit, with spirituality, and themselves, if they take it, when I say an extension of themselves, I mean it's part of their daily existence. Because if you look at ancient cultures, where it's a birthright to, you know, go have DMT or mushrooms or whatever, and to like experience these things or, or peyote and stuff, it's like a part of their culture. Yep, and. This is going to sound really tinfoil hatty, but, like, going, like, thousands of years back in time and not knowing a thing about fucking where we came from or why we are the way we are, and it's all just speculation, and, well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's like that. Oh, look, I proved you wrong. Oh, I proved you wrong. We don't know. Why have psychedelics been such a huge part in almost every single culture? Almost every single culture. And the cultures that say it wasn't a part of ours is, is usually, usually either lying or they didn't dig deep enough. Is Do you think psychedelics were always meant to be a part of us? Or they're just part of this world. They're just here. It's just like caffeine for me. I I microdose sometimes. I do it if I'm if I'm like I'm like oh I want to microdose. I'll do it probably twice a week. Like literally nothing. Like almost I don't get high. I, I don't even take enough to get even a little yeah. bit high. I do it enough to work in here or wherever it works. And I do it literally every now every few months. I'll do it for a couple weeks just for fun. 
and I'll be like, damn, I'm fucking smart. And I'll be like, this is crazy. I'm and I'll have all smart. these like realizations and I'll build on them for the next six months. And then I'll do it again if I feel like I need to, if I'm in a rut and I've tried the other things. You know, I don't just resort to it immediately. I'm like, oh, I got shrooms. Shrooms is my absolute, absolute last place I go to. Mm. Even though it's one of the best things ever, I understand that just like you said, caffeine's only helpful when you do it in like moderation. Moderation. So the same with shrooms, but to the extreme. When you're messing with psychedelic drugs that alter your state of consciousness, it's much more dangerous than you drinking caffeine in the sense that it just does a little bit more. But if you're doing things like taking care of yourself and having these like spiritual moments with yourself and curious about these things and you're confident in yourself, I don't think you should be scared if you're willing to do some education, to research, to talk to people who've done it, to watch Probably I'll probably watch three or four people trip and just see what the fuck it is and like what it isn't because it's probably not what you think for most people. Because when I first tried acid, I was like, "Isn't that that needle thing you stick inside your spine?" And he was like, "No, it's a piece of paper you put in your tongue." Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, doesn't it like you mean an epidural?" Like, yeah, and bro, I was what like, are you talking "Wait, about? don't you like spinal fluid?" And he was like, "No." Oh, and I was like, "Oh," not. and he was like, "Where'd you fucking hear that?" I was like, "I think dare or something like that." Like back in middle school, and he was like, "No, dude, it's it's not that. It's not that." And so. Are you familiar with the stoned ape theory? Oh, yeah. So anyone who's not, it's basically the, the reason why humans evolved to be, you know, as intelligent or who we are today is because we were doing psychedelics. That's a very, like, layman's terms way of explaining it. Um, you know the movie that came out, Dune? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see it? I was going to last night, but then we did. Don't worry about it. it. Don't worry about it. it. It's such a good movie. And, and I read the book, and, and, and after seeing the movie, I, I had a better appreciation for the book, and the book ended up being really good the second time over. Um, so I, I read it twice. Um, and then, okay, so think about Dune, think about psychedelics, the Stone Age theory, and Neuralink. So one of the reasons why humans are, we, our bodies, as far as, like, this is all theoretical, we, we want to get smarter. We want to have bigger brains, but we can't. Because if we have any bigger heads, we will kill our mothers during childbirth. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why we are born and, we're, and, and our bones aren't fused together is because we are so intelligent that we need to be we need to grow out of the womb. There's reason like things like horses and bees and bugs or bugs and bees are the same thing. Um, different animals will be born and just ready to go. They just pop the out. The smarter uh, an animal is, the longer it takes for them to develop. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I've never thought about that. So it humans take a very long time to develop because we're really really fucking smart. Um, like we'll be uh, a baby and our skull isn't fused together yet. We have no kneecaps. Like we're still going because our brain needs to get bigger because we're so fucking smart. And now our brains can't get bigger because we'll kill our mothers. And we kill our mothers, we, we stop generations from forming. Um, and that's not good. But if we think about the stone ape theory, look at a computer, okay? Computers back then, like <clears throat> like maybe like in, in the 70s or whatever, were like the size of, you know, an aircraft carrier. They were huge, man. And now we carry one in our pockets. You cannot, we cannot make our brains bigger, but perhaps we could compact them a little bit more. And one of the ideas is you can do that with psychedelics. If we can't expand our brains, perhaps we could make them more dense. Mm. So think about the Neuralink. Okay, so that's one way to, to do that. Okay, cool. That was man-made technology because we want to get to the next step. And then there's the psychedelics. Here's where Dune comes in. Okay, so Dune, in the movie, the book, the story, there's no AI. There's no computers because they're 
bad. I mean, like, AI is really dangerous. Even Like, Elon Musk said, bro, stay away from AI. Like, everyone who's got a little bit of sense is like, AI could be a really bad situation. So what they talk about, and they don't really talk about it, but they imply this, is that instead of using computers and technology to expand the human race, they use psychedelics. They become their own computers inside their heads. They can do math. They can do calculations. They can travel through space and time with psychedelics to know how to go. So to, to do space travel, to get from one place to the other, they can use their brains. Like, it's all, all psychedelics. That's how they advance themselves. Whereas where we're going right now is we're starting to try to use AI to get to the next level. So I feel like if there's any truth to either of these things, one being actually tangible, like there's actually real AI that's helping us, and the other being kind of fictional, um, I would rather it be that psychedelics is what gets us to the next step of, in human evolution rather than AI. I was listening to, I was actually listening to a Joe Rogan podcast recently, and they're talking about the next step in human evolution may very well be um, AI and uh, you know cy- cybernetics. If we do that, because we've never done that before, would removing our our self, our putting our consciousness into AI, would that be also the removal of consciousness? Will we still be humans? Who fucking knows? So if that's a question we're even pondering, I'd rather do psychedelics. Yeah. I want to still be conscious, right? And that's why I ask, do you think that psychedelics, and not just on a planetary scale, think about like, like multi-planetary scale, like all the world we've never even visited. I think... Or I think it could be possible that psychedelics are a part of every living thing. And that's why DMT is so important. Every living thing has it. And I think that's what connects us all. I think if we actually tried, and right now, believe it or not, and it's my opinion, we are going through a psychedelic renaissance. Of course. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone wants to do it. And I feel like that's the way to go. It's not this fucking AI. It's not technology. It's not, you know... Pardon me, but it's not the NFTs and the cryptocurrencies. I think those, all that stuff will always be there, absolutely. But I think psychedelics is a more beautiful and peaceful way to go and will allow us to keep our humanity. I don't think I'm asking you a question, but that seems more appropriate when I talk about the future. Like, I want that. I think for expanding consciousness, you're right. But I also think that... You have to you have to couple psychedelic therapy, whatever you're gonna call it, like using therapy, using psychedelics to help you. You have to couple that with completely cutting out psychedelics. You have to be doing the things that are gonna help you that only work well if you couple it with psychedelics. And if you did it without psychedelics, they would also help you. So if you're not doing the meditations, you're not doing the journaling, if you're not doing the checking with yourself, you're not not checking your phone the first five minutes and making sure you like can breathe for two seconds first and doing the things you need to do, and you couple that with taking some shrooms every now and then, you're probably going to be well off, much more well off, and way more mindful. The biggest thing is being mindful. Actually, like there's some people in this world that I've met where I've questioned if they've ever had a moment alone that they didn't pull their phone out and immediately try to distract themselves because that's what you're doing. Every yeah. now and then I'll, I'll be on, like on the, pl- on the plane today. I was going to edit the whole time. And I got on the plane and I looked out and there was like a sunrise. Like I saw, I knew the sunrise was coming and I was like, you know what? And I just sat there and like looked out the window for like the entire trip. And I just sat there and I didn't do anything. Like I was thinking about stuff and, and whatever, but I would just you consider that Would you consider that uh, like a discipline or would you consider that um, like, I don't want to use the word lazy. That's too strong. Or would you, discipline or like, I want to enjoy myself. I just wanted to give myself a moment where I was 
the priority instead of my videos, instead of my content, instead of my audience. I was like, no, no, no. Every now and then I need to give myself, because it's a couple hours, you know, it's two hours. Like I'm going to, it's fine. Like my YouTube channel will be here if I take a two hour ponder out on the fucking airport and, or yeah. the airplane. And so yeah. for me, I've, I've, I've found that balance early because I, I didn't have balance for so long and I, and I just knew it was a means to an end. Like Sydney's still sprinting. I just finished that sprint. I'm kind of, I'm still kind of jogging at the end. I'm still. Well, like you deserve a break. You deserve so, yeah. some time to, you know, sit in what you've made. Yeah. You know, so. so. But it's easier now. Like I can still put out the same amount of work with less actual physical work now, and so I'm able to finally now go on a walk without my phone and just not worry about NFTs. You know, bro. Yeah, I mean, like, cause when you're trying to sprint. Your whole life has to be that. It is, yeah. And then once you make it, it's like it's like when when poor people, middle class people, start to get into real money, and they can start allowing that money to work for them. It's like I get to relax a little bit. Holy shit! But before then, you got to keep going and going and going. And once you get money to work for you, you get to oh okay, I can relax. So you're 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 like starting. Although it's not really money. But you're getting your stuff to work for you. Well, it's being mindful. It's being vi- like it's it's literally everything Gary he says. Everything's just right. It's just like you have to be aware and you have to have perspective and you have to be mindful. And I was like, that's pretty much it. Like I don't know what else to say. Like that's just right. That's just the answer. Like being more grateful, being more mindful, being there, present. Like that's really it to be happy. Like people want these other things to make yeah. them happier. Once I get this, it'll be happy. And, and everyone says that's not how you do it, but no one actually knows how to get it because. The people who are happy, once they get it for the most part, don't feel the need to tell people how to get it because they're like, I understand happy. that. So I want to talk about Gary, Gary Vee, but before we do that, I, I want to I stay on this psychedelic topic mm-hmm. because I, like I said, I want to try psychedelics. I want Mark to likes drugs, clearly, guys. He wants clearly, to do drugs. Clearly. If anyone has drugs, please, God, reach out because he needs them in his life. This is hyperbole. <laughs> that was all hyperbole. Don't don't contact me, please. Don't contact me. Anyway, my PO box is I don't have <laughs> I don't I don't have a PO box. Um, so I it 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 interests me because I, I feel like it, it's a huge part of our humanity that we we lost. It's a huge part of who we are as a species that we don't have anymore. Um, it's it's important. Yep. Tobias, the my episode forty two. I don't know. Um. God, such a good episode. I, I really like talking to him. And at the end of the episode, we were talking about people being connected to things and people, you know, feeling spirituality, spir- spiritually connected to things, psychedelically connected to things. And he was talking about, you know, the alignment of the galaxy, not even like our planet, just the galaxy. And he was saying, if science, real science is starting to admit, or not admit, because that sounds like they were hiding it, is starting to discover that energy is a real thing, that people actually feel it, we're actually connected, and like this is crazy shit that's happening, if science is saying that, if religion is saying that, if philosophical lifestyles are saying that, if pagan religions are saying that, if every single <clears throat> group of people is saying or talking about some form of energy, would it be so outlandish to think that the way our, you know, nature, like our, our Earth, and the way the planet, and the way the galaxy and universe is moving, would it be so outlandish to think that that all affects you somehow? And that's, an, that's an interesting way to put it, because if we're all made of the same atoms, if we're all made of stardust, right, mm-hmm. I it would make sense that, you know, you, you have a rotten apple, you put it in a bunch of apples, all the other ones start to become rotten. 
Yeah. So it's like one atom is going to affect the other atom somehow. That's actually true. I forget what it's called, but if you put an atom here and billions of light years away, another atom could react the way this atom is. At. It's where I can't remember what it's called, but shit actually happens. And he was saying that, um, Tobias, if you watch this, I'm so sorry. But he was talking about um, there was a star that's really far away, and we're circling away from it. And around like 2012, where all this, that calendar shit happened, that was the furthest away we were from this star. And now we're circling it back. And he was suggesting, he's like, Mark, what if that now that we're circling back to this star, there's a chance that we might become more connected to our spirituality. Oh, yeah. We might become more connected to the earth and to nature and to each other. And I'm like, that's a really interesting thought. And it's interesting because we're, we are going into a really horrible place in human history right now. We are headed into a place I, I, I'm pretty confident isn't going to be very fun to be in over the next decade. After the next decade, we, it might be a-okay. But I mean, when we're talking about, you know, COVID, which there's like a new flu that's coming out of like Africa. I'm not talking about the variant. There's like another disease coming out of Africa. Um, the fucking shit with China and like North Korea, like slave camps, the shit that's going on in Australia and, um, how divided we, uh, we are as a country and how long-term depression is affecting every age group. Everything is crescendoing and it's not going to be pretty. And if you look at history, every hundred to 80 years, this same thing happens, you know, war, famine, disease, uh, economical collapse, this all happens every 80 to 100 years. At mm-hmm. least at least in this country if you look whatever. So I don't I'm not I'm very I don't think the next 10 years are going to be fun. I think it's going to be it's going to be really bad for a lot of people and really good for a few. So you look at all you look at this planet stuff, the energy stuff, the psychedelic stuff and we're circling back whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Everything's crescendoing and and in if you look around, like, let's say, like, the early 30s, 2030s, that's either going to be the beginning or it's going to be the end of the crescendo. Mm-hmm. And I think, whether it be uh, AI, psychedelics, um, you know, financial collapse, what's the the uh, Great Reset um, or New World Order shit, I don't fucking know, something's going to happen. Um, and it might be so minuscule that we don't realize it happened, but it affects us all. And if that, and if something happens, I think we will all have to take psychedelics, spirituality, energy a lot more seriously because every single person is going to have to take part in all these decisions. When this Neuralink shit comes out, you have to make a decision. When they start really understanding what consciousness is, you have to make a decision. If World War Three fucking happens, if open war happens, you have to make a decision. If your country, no matter what country you're in, uh, it wants to take away uh, your rights or wants to um, force you to do something, whether it be go to war or like go mine for coal or something, you have to make a decision. And I feel like a lot of decisions are going to have to be made. In the NFT space, in the cryptocurrency space, in the metaverse space, those are big decisions. What are you willing to support? What are you willing to be a part of? And what you choose... You have to choose. No choice is also an option. But is that a good option? No, we talked about that. What you choose is going to directly affect you, the people around you, and the people you don't even know exist. So, are you ready 
And this is all speculation. Guys, okay, I'm looking at the camera right now for anyone that's fucking listening. I'm a fucking idiot. If you're coming to me or us for news, you need to see a doctor. Probably. Okay, this yeah. isn't this isn't the place. This is, we're just having fun. We're fucking bullshitting, right? Okay, so if all this stuff may or may not happen, and we sort of realize it's all connected, what route would you want to go? Would you want to go as, uh, a, like a psychedelic... Energy. Energy is yeah. the answer. I've, I've, I've known that since, like... I've had, like, this weird thing with the, the universe where I would think things, and then be like, why is no one else thinking that, too? And then it would happen a few weeks later. And I get noticed a, that... Do me a favor, just get a little bit... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, you, you, know what you should do? What? Part angle it. Yeah, just bring it up and see how my mic's like this. Yeah, just, so and turn it down. So I just flip the other sense. way. Yeah, turn it down. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, so fucking better. hell yeah. All right, fuck. continue. You're your child, you learn yeah. things, whatever. So yeah, when, um, and, and that kind of, that little, I guess it, the closest thing I would say is a gut feeling, but it wasn't even a gut feeling. It was just like a, like, I just knew it. I was like, this is right. This is, and I would, I noticed it at jobs too. I'd be like, what the fuck is that guy doing? And then like, Four months later, he get fired for something, and no one knew. It. And he was like, "No, no, that guy's been here forever. Like, he's he's great." And I was like, "No, he sucks." And then he would get fired a few months later, and I was like, "How the fuck did I know that?" And so little things I would do that my whole life. I would notice things. I'd be like, "You know what? That wasn't actually that good." But I never said anything until now, where I'm able to with my brutally honest reviews, where I can call shit out and half and not even half the time. Most of the time, when I call something out specifically, I'm I'm almost always right. Um, and so I have <laughs> had this. I'm just saying, I've, it just I've, 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 I've a, I have that, a good yeah. track record with that stuff. So like, I've always had that. And so I've always yeah. believed in, in energy and manifestations. I know what you put out comes back around. I know that's a fact, or it has to be a fact for me. I don't know about everybody else, okay. but that that is for my reality, for the life I'm living on this earth in my path. I believe that's to be true. And it's only helped me because I, for me, I was like, look, here's how I look at it. It is true. I can either just accept that it's true and do nothing with it or accept that it's true and actually apply it to my life somehow. Mm-hmm. And it it's a legit thing. The, the spirituality shit, the fucking energy shit, it sounds so whack and it is for most people because, I mean, I don't think any of us know exactly how to use it or whatever. Nope. But it's fucking real. You, like, there's just so much shit that happens where you're like, bro, we all could have called that. And it's just one of those things that we all have this weird link to everything. How you said DMT flows in all of us. There's a reason when I went to DMT world, I felt a familiarity with everything as one together, oneness, yep. all that kind of shit. It's true. We all have the shit flowing in our body. And I keep seeing shit on TikTok like we're all part of one human body and we're all just like little tiny humans on the skin of this human body. And as the arm moves, we all kind of do the same thing. And I noticed that what's interesting is things I'm going through really intensely emotionally I'll notice everywhere else in my life, all people in my life, situations, things on TV, and I'm like, why the fuck are they all going through the same exact shit that I'm going through mentally up here that I'm not talking about to anybody? Mm-hmm. And I notice that it's all connected. It's all the same shit. And so, honestly, I don't even do much with that information other than just apply it to my life and not judge myself for feeling these things. But for me, it's mainly been a way to cope and just be like, okay, well, I'm not so crazy. I'm not so weird. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. What do you think? Wow, well, I... I was just very. I was enjoying just listening to what you were saying. I, I, I read something recently. I don't know if it was on Reddit or something. And it was a cool take on, you know, people and you know living organisms and how pe- someone was saying that like humans are it, because we're all made of the same matter. It's basically the universe experiencing itself, um, which then comes into play like what is consciousness? Yeah. It's like is consciousness um, a collective? 
um, you know, awareness or and I know the answer. Is consciousness a collective awareness or is it an individual awareness? Yeah. Where it's like, why, excuse me, why can you have a bad feeling in New Jersey because your body somehow knows that your mother fell down the stairs in Colorado? How the fuck would you know that? Yeah. That's weird, right? And sometimes that happens. That's weird, yeah. right? And I always tell people that, um, you know, just like every other animal, humans have instinct, but the reason why we don't, we might not use it is because technology has taken that away from us. Yeah. But I think psychedelics bring it back. They do. They bring you back to who you are without all the bullshit, all the distractions. That's what's great about psychedelics. You don't want to be in your phone. The second you take that drug, phone goes out the fucking window. You want to touch trees and look around at grass. That's what you want to do on shrooms most of the time. If you're in nature, yeah. you're just like, oh, I can't believe I've, I haven't appreciated this blade of grass. How fucking disrespectful. I've just sat on my phone and I just, I just walk past this grass every day. It's so... Minuscule and so trivial to appreciate little things. I need to give a disclaimer real quick because I, I don't have a million subscribers and I am cancelable. <laughs> um, if you're in a state where it's legal, I don't give a shit what you do. But if it's a state where it's illegal to do these things, don't fucking do them. Yeah. Okay, anyway, thank you. True. I have to say that. I don't. I mean, like, I don't care. Listen, I don't care what you do, but I'm not telling you to do something, and I'm not telling you not to do anything. And if anything, if it's something that you think is going to change your uh, physicality or it's going to change your b- brain chemistry, if it's something you're worried about, talk to a doctor, please. Thank you. I just had to say that because I don't want to get sued, but I also mean it. Okay. True. Um, sorry, I had to. Re- inter- sorry, I interrupted you. I hope you didn't. I don't know where no, you were. No, I mean at. I was pretty much done with with that segment. I mean, <laughs> not segment. I was done with that. Like yeah, on to the next. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we're coming towards the end. Um. Yeah. There's a there's a lot to um, unpack, and I think you and I. Most when people say um opposite sides of the same coin, they usually mean you guys are completely different. Mm-hmm. And but I think that's what they mean. But and with the way I hear it, it's that you guys, um revolve yourself around the same idea and talk about talk about it differently. I think you and I are very similar. Um I do think you have a more positive mindset than I do, but that's only because I question things aggressively. Um I don't I don't like to believe things just because I w- I want to, which could be a problem in a lot of areas and we've talked about that. Um but there's a lot about what you're doing, what I'm doing, what you know, people in our communities are doing, whether it be YouTube or psychedelics or whatever, there's a lot that's going on. That's a, there's a lot that's changing. And again, I want to, I want to ask you, think about everything you just said to me the last two hours, right? Think about where you're sitting, where you the fuck you are on this planet. Just shut the fuck up. Did you, would you have ever have thought you would be in New Jersey talking to some random kid about psychedelics and his fucking whatever the fuck this place is. Isn't that fucking weird? No. No, it's not, not weird. Not you anymore. wouldn't think it's weird. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, if you had asked me a year ago, yeah, I wouldn't. I would just wouldn't have known any of this would have been possible. But after, I mean, as soon as I left on the trip, I realized everything's possible. And after since then, I just don't question anything. I'm just like, well. Like the same thing if, if the government came out and was like, aliens are real. We've lied. We, we covered it up. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, Thanks, literally. Fucker. I'd be like, okay, yeah. now what? You know? So, I don't I don't really uh, 
I don't know. I just kind of take everything as it comes now, and you just kind of deal with it. For most of the, most of the time, it's not as big of a deal as you think it is, and it feels like it when you first get that news. You're like, yeah. well, "What do I do? With the, do I need to do anything?" And most of the time, it's like, "No, you just you don't need to do anything. You just need to know the information and just apply it accordingly." You know? Yeah. Well, I'm very happy you did this, and I, and I learned a lot about you. And like, like, look, I know we're not millionaires. We're not even thousandaires. I don't. We don't. We ain't got shit. <laughs> Man, I, I lost my debit card. I, I have to use a credit card, which I've never done before in my life, and it man, sucks. This man had to beg for a hash brown. Right? I had to beg for a... No, I didn't no, beg. We were at Wawa, and I was like, don't yeah. get me anything. He's like, I'm buying you a dollar hash brown. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. It was horrible. I, my, I, I, I'm not a man anymore. But Rip. I totally forgot what I was saying. Fuck. You were just saying uh, it's it's cool that you're here. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. cool. It's, it, it, you know, it's cool that you're here, and I and I I know you're a fucking far away. I I'd love to do this again, bro. I'd I'd fucking come to you as soon as I can. Um, and and I think you know it. MGC stands for um, you know, movies, guest, and culture. I haven't released my new series yet, but I will soon. Ooh. But um, it also stands for like the Mark Trevino connection because I'm a, a pretentious prick. <laughs> um, and we connected. We definitely connected. Like, you're like a real YouTube friend. That is weird, and I know you. <laughs> you you're 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 expanding. You're talking to a lot of people on YouTube, and and so am I, and everything. But like, this is uncanny. Or not uncanny. Yeah. This is this the is opposite extra. of uncanny. Yeah, this, this is, is a little bit extra. This is like a real thing. Yeah, yeah. and and I, and I think people are surprised that you and I did this. I know a lot of my friends are. Um, so listen, man. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? You want you you trying to sell any more NFTs of your own or anything you want to shout I out? I mean, yeah, but that all that stuff gets released later. It'll be all right. stealthy, so I won't uh, talk about the NFT stuff really. But I'm trying to think if I want to like say like last words. Last um, words. Last Dude, words. I could I could cut it too to make it look like you came up with it on the spot. Shit. Don't worry. Um, should we make it geared towards something specific? Instead of just, like, something broad. Like, I feel like everyone does, like, a broad, like, work really hard and, like, chase after your dreams. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you helpful. a question. I'll ask you a question. This has kind of made my life a living hell, thinking about this question nonstop. Oh, shit, I think I know the question is. You say the question. If it's not the question, you're going to answer your own question, and then I'll ask you mine. Are you about to ask me what the meaning of life is? No, of course. How the fuck can I realistically ask you what the meaning of life is? Because I thought that's what you were going to ask me. Because you were like, it's been like bugging me for my whole life. I'm like, okay, well, there's only a couple questions I could do that to a person. No, this is one of these. This might be uh, a meaning of life thing, but a much more individual level. I'm ready. I always talk about this, and I've definitely said this to you before. Uh, People have, uh, I I don't want to say this because my girlfriend's in the room, and I talk about it all the time, and I'm going to feel so, uh, not embarrassed, but like shame, like, oh, don't look at me. But, so... The, the why and the how. Read, I, and I mentioned, and for anyone that's like a, uh, a a dedicated listener, first of all, thank you. But I apologize because I talk about this all the time. I read a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and it it was great. And I really, really liked it, and I, and I recommend it to anybody. But one of the things they talk about in that book is any... Man that has a why to live can bear almost any how. The context is this this guy was in, in Auschwitz. And he realized those who would survive Auschwitz, those who, who would keep going, had a reason to keep going. Mm-hmm. But they're just like, I want to write a book. 
I want to have a child. I want to see my family. It's the why and the how. Okay. Everyone in my life says, Mark, and they're right. Mark, you can do anything you want. You'd be really good at this. You have so much potential. And I believe them. And I know it's true. I, I can do anything I want to do. The problem is, I don't always have a reason to do anything. So, my biggest struggle is finding a reason why. And that's probably everyone's biggest struggle. Is everyone's capable of doing whatever they want. But the, but the, but the reason why it's so hard is, why do it? I, the, life fucking sucks. You know, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't feel this. I don't feel that. Why do it? There's a philosopher that says everyone has the option of suicide. Everyone does. People don't realize that, that every single person in this room has that option. And it's fucking so easy. And it's almost as, it's, it's almost as, you know, enticing as like delicious sleep. It's like, fuck, it's so easy. That's an option right there. But why don't more people do it? Suicide? Yeah, it's because they have a why and might not realize it. Even if that's that why is taking a shower tomorrow night because showers are fucking, they feel good, right? So, Cade, you do a lot. So, you have a how. You know how to do these things. You are surviving. You're making money. You're, you know, grinding. What is your why? It came first from insecurity to be someone who was cool, who was awesome, who people looked at was cool. And as I grew and as I matured and as I learned and sort of fostered that little insecure version of me and grew a little bit out of that, I realized the real reason that was under insecurity was under everything from the beginning was because growing up, I had no one to help me, no one to tell me if I should go left or right, if I should do this or that, if this was right, if I was supposed to wear this shirt or that shirt, are these socks cool or not in middle school? And no one ever helped me or even thought to help me. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, I saw lots of kids with that same problem, having no one to go to for help, nobody for even just a smidge of fucking advice and just like, hey, even if it was like, you're like accepted for what you say. Like anything you say is okay. Those things, I didn't even know that was okay when I was growing. I didn't know I was allowed to have certain feelings. I didn't know if it was good or bad. I didn't know if I didn't know if being insecure was good or bad or okay or if I was the only one. I didn't know anything. And I was like, what the fuck? Why why did no one help me? And so everything on my YouTube channel, on my Joy's brand, when I talk to my friends, my family now, everything comes from a place of if they needed if they need me. I want to fill that void for them. And I want to be that person who will, won't judge them. Because I remember growing up, people would say, there's no stupid questions. Bro, there are, are stupid questions. But the worst thing is, there are stupid people who shit on you for asking the stupid question. And that is so lame. It is so lame. I have never thought to really shit on someone who's asking for help or doesn't know how to do something. Even if it's something little. I remember at parties, yo, how do you fucking... How do you chuck this beer? How do you do this? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm always doing this, like, just fucking just come here. And I'll just like help them. And I don't make them feel bad. I don't make them, I don't embarrass them. I don't say, how do you, yo, Jimmy, this man can't chuck in a beer. Like that stuff 
that hurts me because that was literally, I was the guy who got shit on every time. I didn't know how to shotgun. Didn't know how to drink beer. I didn't know how to use a bong. I didn't know how to do any of the things growing up. All the things in big mouth, all the things that the kids didn't know, they didn't have anyone to look for. And so now that I have this opportunity and all this experience, I see all these kids and all these people, even adults, people my age, who just don't have that person in their life. And I think there's way more of those people than I thought. And so I see those people as my family. And so that's what I want to do. I want to be that friend, that YouTuber that didn't exist when I was around. And I want to fill that void. And so that's where that's where everything from my brand comes from. And it's the most powerful feeling in the entire universe for me. And it propels me forward. It's not even a, It's not even the fire under my ass. It's literally just like the life source of everything in my blood. And that's where everything in my brand comes from now. Cade Bergman and everyone. That was that was great. Thank you. Inspiration. I had a fantastic time. Um, beautiful why. Guys, thank you so much. I'm like, so bittersweet. I don't want to end this because I just <laughs> love being here. But thank you so much for watching. If you made it to the end, you're, 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 you're the man. But uh, all of Cade's stuff is going to be in the description. Um, anything you want to send me, just go take a look at it all. Look into it, man. Like look into all this stuff. It's um, it's real. It's really cool. Just his his, I'm talking like he's not here. His, like his character just to come out of his way to from Colorado to New Jersey. That's fucking ridiculous. So he's a cool guy. Check out his stuff. But um, I think that's about it. Pretty much. Man. Thanks for letting me. Yeah, in absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll see you guys on the next one. All right. Peace. Peace. Fire. <laughs>